Jason Lee Podcast. All right, we're back with an all-new episode of the Jason Lee Podcast. Yeah. The first show of the year, mm. of the new year. So you go ahead and just let this play out. I need it. <laughs> this is the first uh, podcast of the new year with the Jason Lee Podcast. I have to tell you, what a year 2023 was. I had a lot of accomplishments. When I even look at all the trips that I took all over the world, I've been everywhere. But I haven't really been anywhere in the last few months, so it feels like I've been nowhere. Uh, but I am at a point in my life now where I am ready to take a vacation, but I will not be vacationing until I win this election on March 5th. Uh, I have to say it feels good to be back here and to have uh, the bullpen here. As you know, Rob is the homie who runs my companies, who's been out in Miami uh, leading on Healthcare Unlocked, which is uh, doing amazing work. Uh, how is it out there? It's great. I've actually grown to really love Miami. <laughs> I know I was like fighting it at first, but you know, because LA is home, but I really like Miami and I, the, the team of agents that we have are great. How many employees um, do we have at this we point? Have 20. We have 20. We have 20 agents now in Dang. Miami. Yeah. Hey, 20 agents that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know them. I think what Rob really loves about Healthcare Unlocked is that he doesn't have to deal with me. You know, this is the one part of the business that Rob has carved out as his own. <laughs> I, his he had, only his name is on the office door there. I'm like, where oh my name God. at? I, I have no desk there. Wait, you pulled up there, but I'm using his desk yeah. with oh. his name. And I walk around. They treat. I'm in a meeting with him, and they walk in interrupting me. And I'm like, okay, these people don't know me. But some of them watch the podcast. So hello to you out there. Uh, but yeah, no healthcare locked is doing great. What I love about it is it's actually developed to get Americans healthy, mm -hmm. and people don't know. Whether you're an elder with Medicaid uh, redetermination or with uh, ACA or not having access to ACA and healthcare, zero dollar healthcare options, you know, we're helping people with our partners at Enhance. So shout out to Matt Herman and the folks over there. Money Matt, we're yeah. doing really good work. But I, we've created a really good culture over there uh, and people seem really happy. They do. They actually genuinely love coming to work. It's a great culture. And I think the great thing about it is they love what they're doing. Like you said, they're providing a service for people who actually need it. So it's like, a, a job that's rewarding for them financially and you know mentally and spiritually because yeah. they're providing good work. You know? well, listen, if you're out there and you need to get signed up for healthcare, or you know a family that's a low income family that you know just needs to get healthy them or their kids, and if you know anybody, uh, take this number right here and we'll put it below uh, so you can get it and make sure that you call in and Rob will be there. You know, Rob and everybody be there. Now Rob ain't gonna get on the phone and you ain't gonna reach me, but you can call in and get signed up for healthcare. And what's really important is a lot of people that don't know, uh, I'm gonna just say this last month was uh, National uh, HIV Month and um, got my results back today. <laughs> I'm negative, baby. Ew. Give me a round of applause. Yes! yes! Come Hell, on, negative. <laughs> Flowers. It is, it is. You know, today my when I got my IV with my vitamins, <laughs> the doctor came too. So, you know, anytime <laughs> Rob's laughing, because when we get them results, when the doctor comes, yeah. I thought the doctor was coming with me and I had the barber in there and I had people in the house. I said, look, I'm at an age now where we all know one day bad news is going to come. Bad news is come. If you're a living, breathing person, one day bad news will come. So just start preparing and now, and I'm going to take this moment to shout out Michael Strahan, his daughter, who's 19 years old. I just saw on Good Morning America this morning, which is my, one of my favorite morning shows, that she 
uh, has found a golf ball sized tumor in her head and mm-hmm. she's going through that process of, you know, working through that. You know, healthcare is an important thing. Mm-hmm. And so many of us play around, we go get some tussing on it, you know, when we're sick. No, you get your health care so you use it as a means to preventing the bad news that's going to come eventually. But if we can extend that eventually, why not? Right now, one of the biggest challenges in the campaign is people think I'm younger than I am. They're like, what is this 28-year-old going to do for us? I'm like, I'm 46. And when they're shocked, I go into my whole healthcare journey. Mm-hmm. So it's been an interesting experience. I'm going to get more into the, uh, the, the campaign because Marina, who's back from Wisconsin, anytime Marina <laughs> is not around Hollywood Unlocked or around the Jason Lee Circus, she's doing white people shit. <laughs> Marina took a vacation during the holidays and went to Wisconsin to hang out with cows and pigs and chickens. Or I don't know. Where, where were you? Many, uh, I was in Avoca, Wisconsin, which a is Avoca. Oh, I thought you said The Ivanka. closest say, thing Trump doing is a Walmart 30 minutes away. It's mm. the middle of nowhere. It's just like rednecks, hillbillies, and all the above there. Mm. So I was with my mini ponies and donkeys. Stuff that no black person watching can relate. <laughs> Tying ropes to the sleds. And my dad was pulling me in the ATV. My dad's like a village guy, so that's where he goes. We got that farm like nine years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, they have money. They also have an island in some country called Croatia. But here's the deal. You know, it feels good to be back. I have missed coming to work, but I have forced myself to embrace the time away. Now, what's crazy is I really didn't have no time away because I'm running for Stockton City Council. A lot of people, I have to tell you guys, running for politics, and if you're from Stockton, please clip right here and send it to all your friends. I have to tell you, I know that I'm famous now. I, I've accepted. I'm famous. I'm not Rihanna. Hey, baby, hey, baby. I'm not. I know, But I know that to my hometown, to small towns, to places where they... You know, we have billions of minutes or whatever. Watch, people know me and know who I am. Mm -hmm. And I don't say famous to the extent of it's in my mind or whatever, because I'm not driven by that. But people recognize me. So I'm having meetings in the community in my Louis Vuitton jacket, having conversations with pastors and farm workers and Filipino uh, uh, constituents who have been invisible to the city council. I've been talking to the black folks, gang members, homeless people. I'm like going deep, deep, deep in the community um, and not doing what traditional... Uh, candidates do where they want to go get all the endorsements. I'm actually going to the power, and that's to the people. So as I've been out there learning, I mean, just the humility now that I'm in, that I'm getting of taking me back to when I didn't have stuff. You know, when you start getting money, you start getting clout, you start getting opportunities, you start moving in circles where, you know, just a minute ago, I'm doing my makeup. Uh, you know, uh, Kaylin is putting on my Fenty Beauty and I'm texting Rihanna. Everybody doesn't have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned is that the real stuff that matters is the relationship that I have with a Rihanna or with you is the same because it's all embedded in how we respect each other and, and, and admire the work and, and progress and stuff that we're all making in our personal lives. When I think about this campaign, I'm really in it. And I think at first people thought it's performative. Mm-hmm. He's doing it as a joke. He's being petty. Because that's all the stuff that I've been known to be. But I love the fact that when I'm meeting people that are fans in Stockton, they realize you came from here. Like you did it. Mm-hmm. You made it. Mm-hmm. And and it's but it's kind of disappointing in the same regard that people don't understand the importance of giving back and coming back. I have to tell you what I'm really concerned about in this country that I want everybody to understand is we are in trouble. We are in trouble. And I know I pissed the Democrats off because I crit- I'm critical of them, just like I'm critical of uh, the Republicans. But I'm going to get critical for a second of the state of the world that we live in. 
I'm not even going to go Joe Biden and Trump because that's a whole other can of worms we don't even have enough time to talk about. But if you think about just what black people have been fighting for when it comes to like freedom or rights or voter rights, women with rights over their body or farm workers or in the Latino community on pathways to citizenship or whatever for marginalized communities. When the leaders who've been around for decades are gone, this new generation is not prepared to take control. Mm -hmm. I've been texting with Sean King, who lost his Instagram. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody knows me and Sean King. And he said, and I do respect him for this, he said, you and I have had our differences. You've been very critical of me, but I want to come on your show and talk about everything. And I'm an open book. So Sean King is coming to the show. What I love about where we're going is we all realize as much as we're going to be critical of each other or whatever, we have to be able to keep dialogue going because mm -hmm. ultimately we speak to people who need to be well informed. And, uh, you know, Sean has a big voice. So when I look at the world now as a candidate, a promising candidate, a candidate who will win in 55 days. I love that other young people are now getting motivated to vote and get involved. Young kids are going home telling their mom and dad, you need to go vote for that guy. I know him. And so parents now are like, you've inspired my kids like to, to talk about politics. You've been on the ground and you've fallen in love with Stockton. Uh, what do you think about what you've seen so far? <sighs> okay. I think I told you this before. Like when you, you've been through some real shit, like through the gutter. And I always thought like, oh, maybe it's like few and far between. I'm from Chicago. Like Chicago has its like pockets too. That's like, like real treacherous. But the whole Stockton, everybody knows someone who's gotten murdered. Everyone knows someone who's gotten raped. Everyone's living like really, really rough lives and then to be there like even for the christmas time like my heart was so full like when i was boohoo crying for the lady like talking about she was homeless and her daughter has down syndrome like everyone just has tell like that story so people can understand okay so before she tells the story one of the things that happened while we were away we've been gone so long there's so much to talk about this is gonna be a long show by the way so all this will be cut up on facebook hey facebook and tiktok but you know for those of you watching and want to get caught up on our world we had an amazing Toy for Joy toy giveaway in Stockton, California, in Sierra Vista. Uh, shout out uh, to um, um, Georgia and all the community leaders, Tashante, my family, Tasha, Anthony, uh, my sister, Tamika, and uh, my cousin, um, Anitra. All of the community really came together. We put on the most amazing event sponsored by our partners at the Zeus Network. Now, Zeus does a lot of ratchet stuff, but they came through for Christmas. Shout out to Lemuel Plummer. I called him and told him I wanted to do something. And not only did I do it, baby, Tiffany Haddish even called in from uh, Hawaii and said she wanted to pull up and be Miss Claus. Take a look. Hey, hey, hey. set up like Christmas trees and Tiffany, Miss mm -hmm. Claus and stuff over there. Station one will be here. Then another station, another station. We can build stations all the way around. We need black dogs, lots of black dogs. We support him. We want to say and do it. Okay, I would just say I can't remember the last time I went shopping for anything other than clothes. So once we wrap this, we need something to get wrapping paper. Be able to come back in the community and give away gifts with no expectation of reciprocity is an amazing feeling.
happening today is Jason, who has a nonprofit. Jason, who sees a lot of different things happening, just wants to give back. So we started a nonprofit about a year ago called Hollywood Cares. The reason why I created that name was because there's so many celebrities I have relationships with who just want to help out but don't know how. And so I said, well, I'm going to show people that Hollywood cares by helping them give back to communities that look like me. We started the I Am Ready initiative because I believe that young people who like me have a dream, whether they're a basketball player, whether they're a comedian, whether they're a lawyer, whether they want to be a doctor, whatever, actor on TV, they have a dream. But how do you live out that dream? You have to get ready. And then when you get ready like me and you get business and you get successful, you also have an obligation to give back. Because I know that all those people I just went out there and met, they know me from TV and they know me from my job, but what they're gonna know today is I actually care about people and that I actually am gonna use my platform to do good. This is our first annual Toy for Joy. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Christmas. Merry Christmas. How y'all doing? Welcome, welcome. How you doing? Thank you everyone who came out today. Let's be cheerful. Let's bring joy to these children and to the community. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm proud of all y'all for showing up. Show up. If you're a volunteer handing a toy, do not look at this as handing something off a conveyor belt. I want to greet these people with joy. I want to fill them up and thank them for coming and make it seem like it's a privilege to have them here because it is. Feel good. I want the kids to come out and play basketball and listen to music and eat food. And be able to be greeted and treated in a way with respect. I want them to be given dignity. I want us, when we're handing them toys, to look them in the eyes and thank them. What do you want to get? When my brother got murdered, I would have never thought I'd be here today. Never. Not even just giving toys, because this is bigger than giving toys. This is deep-rooted investment, reinvestment in a community that I survived. Thank you, Jason, for everything you're doing. Southside, thank you, Jason Lee, for the kids. Hi, Merry Christmas. Shout out to Stockton and Jason Lee for pulling all this for us. Thank you, Jason. <laughs>so at the event you met a family and this woman had two children one was a small baby and the other one tell the story because marina walks up to me in the middle of this event boohoo tear crying i thought somehow i almost had to go have her sit in the corner <laughs> because it was so much going on and after four hours of meeting thousands of people all those people you just saw on the line it was a lot but you had a moment where you had a whole nervous breakdown go ahead okay so i had a moment and i walked up and this lady saw me wearing our we all had the same christmas shirt and she was like oh did you help do this event i just want to tell you thank you and i hugged her and i was like yeah oh no problem whatever and she said that her son was eight years old getting his hair cut and that was his first ever haircut ever she would just cut his hair with kitchen shears. And then she's telling me like, yeah, she just got a house. She was homeless for like seven years. And she just got a home because of her daughter. And it was like a little baby bundled up in a blanket. And then when she undid the blanket, the baby had Down syndrome. And so she was crying. She's like, I've never given my kids a Christmas present ever. She never had anything to give at all. So she was like, I have can't, I have food. I, like, thank you so much. Like, can you tell Jason? Thank you. And I don't know what came on me. I just started crying because here we are being like, oh, I'm going home to Christmas late to see my family and all this stuff. 
And then you're like, wow, people don't have Christmases, period, out there. And Jason, you really did that. Like, you gave so many kids and families. Like, everyone was leaving happy. Then we gave, what, Christmas trees at the end. Like, it really was so beautiful. And I was just like. <laughs> but what it taught us, too, that what at least what it taught me was we had we bought 25 uh, Christmas trees and decorated them and all that. And people were just taking Christmas trees because they didn't have any. And these were haircuts. They got free haircuts. Uh, shout out to all the barbers. You guys were amazing. Y'all pulled up that day. We had about five really talented barbers mm -hmm. from the area. And uh, for me, I was just, we need to get rid of these trees. This this was the part where the light turned on to me, where I had to be more present in the blessings that mm -hmm. I have and that we I give. Y'all, let's just get rid of these trees. Like, just get rid of a Christmas tree. A Christmas tree to a family who never even thought they would have had a Christmas to come and get free toys, free meals, go home with food from the food bank, and be able to have a Christmas tree was a huge deal. Mm -hmm. And I want to make a connection between what I'm learning in that moment, because that had nothing to do with my uh, campaign for uh, city, uh, city council. That was just the, my heart from the nonprofit. Me and Rob talk all the time about what we're going to do with the nonprofit and how Hollywood Cares mm -hmm. Foundation and the I Am Ready Initiative can continue to thrive. And we want to take this all over the country because now that feeling I felt in Stockton, I want to have that feeling all over the country. But what it did was it made me think about the conversations I've been having on the campaign trail, meeting a, 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 a farm worker, like the work that I'm doing on the campaign trail, meeting somebody like a man named Louis Magana. He is a, uh, a leader of the field workers in Stockton. Mm -hmm. And those of you that don't know, all of the tomatoes, the the vegetables, the 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 food that we just go in a grocery store and buy, that comes from the hard labor of laborers who are out there working in the fields every single day. Some of them were pesticide is being sprayed mm -hmm. over them as they work, where they don't have rights, and if they do have rights, they have to organize and field worker. And you all know the uh, you know the unions that have been organizing those workers for all the way back to. Uh, to Cesar Chavez in those days of Dolores Huerta. So knowing that, this guy Lewis tells me, you know, we are an invisible part of the community. People don't see us. They make up 33% of Stockton. And he said one minor thing that would be major for us is translation at city council. So we feel encouraged to come down and tell you our issues. Mm. I didn't even think of that because mm -hmm. it's something that we don't have to think about because mm -hmm. we don't need it. I got on the phone and started calling other council members who were there and who are running. Like, would you support this? Because I would support this. This is a no-brainer. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. So I had dinner with him last night. I told him, this is an easy yes that I can commit to do and going to make sure we, we make it happen. But it was such a big deal to him. He said, that was a small thing to you, but that's a huge thing. That's because if you don't even have translation, you don't even. we're not even feeling invited to it. Right. Bam. So it's those kind of things where I'm just motivated in the change that we're going to make. And look, Rob tells me all the time because there were days I would call Rob and go, <laughs> I don't know, because I am making a huge sacrifice, too, to do mm -hmm. it. But uh, you believe in it and you believe what I'm doing is right. Absolutely. And I like I've said before, I may not be on the ground with you guys every day, but I have been privileged to be in the room and hear conversations you know, when you're talking to other members of the community or see the footage of you guys there and it feels like palpable change is happening and the people can feel hope and hope is a is a huge motivator. And when people feel that hope and they feel like there's an opportunity for them to get out of the mess that they're in and a mess that they didn't decide to be in, then I feel like it's going to swing your way.
because you're giving them the opportunity to see their life in a different way. Even if they see you as a person who got out of Stockton and was able to be successful, that's enough in itself. But you to come back to the community mm -hmm. and already start doing things mm -hmm. like making sure that those people had a successful, beautiful holiday is a big deal. And if you've been in that community for a long time and not felt that, then you feel the change. And I just want to say, too, I feel like it's a huge thing because we came with a huge with your friends, with me, Johnny, all of us came. So there's a lot of people there. You could have been taking calls from the hotel and chilling there, but you were at the Home Depot shopping with us, <laughs> at the toys, getting toys, like Jason walking to a Starbucks, a Denny's, like we we got pizza. It was bomb. What was that place? Eddie's, Eddie's Pizza. Yeah. The My first, first job, by the way. Yep. <laughs> and that pizza was good. Right. Um, and you're really there, like really yeah. supporting and showing face. And I feel like that means a lot to people. Like, oh, wow. Like he's actually here. He's not just. Okay. Have you been there. to my house in Stockton? Not when it was unfurnished, I was. Okay. I haven't been there but you've now. you've seen the house. Yes. Can you just please, for the camera, acknowledge that I have a home? <laughs> he has a home and the home is given what it's supposed to give. Okay. Well, Backyard, we, we front yard. I don't need to give no details. <laughs> Because you know the big scandal is he doesn't even have a home. Oh, you no, there's you a know, home, um, and, and it's cozy. It's cozy, and baby, when I tell you, we we about to decorate it up. Now you won't be seeing that because I am also very aware that where I lay my head is not something I want to promote. I've never even promoted the outside of my homes in L.A. or Miami because, and and the home I have in Miami, I don't even get to go there. Yeah, Rob is there every <laughs> week. Okay, so oh, Rob is down. living on the beach. You know, but when I am there, we have a great time. I just love the fact that we are all having a great, great experience. And I will tell you, the thing that I'm falling in love with the most about this campaign, and for those of you listening, thank you so much for supporting me online, too, because there's those of you asking me in Africa what you can do to sign up. You can't vote for me. <laughs> just tell the Africans, stop making the gay things illegal over there. Okay, let everybody just be what they want to be. But I will say I just love all the support I can get online, that I'm getting online, and you guys are the best, and thank you so much. And look, we're going to win. My plan is to win on March 5th, but if we have to go all the way to November, baby, I'm I'm ready for it. And they keep stealing my signs. And even though the mm. person doesn't want me to say his name, his name is Satman Singh. <laughs> Satman Singh. He's Not a man that he's a man that, you know, is running against me. He's a nice man. He just has a team of people who steal my signs. So what mm. I've done is, because I'm petty, I've purchased billboards all over South Stockton massive billboards. Now, I I will say this to Satnam. <laughs> Satnam. And to all the other candidates, my opponents, the people running against me, the people that are going to lose. <laughs> if you can climb up and take down one of those billboards, I'll drop out the race. <laughs> what the? <laughs> there ain't a ladder big enough. <laughs> ain't no mountain high enough. You ain't going to be able to do it. But if he can do it, I will drop out of the race. That is oh my, my commitment to all of you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Careful. They're going to. They ain't getting up there. <laughs> but no, you know, again, uh, I'm running a race on integrity and inclusion. You guys can uh, uh, check out. Now, I got to talk about Christmas too. This is going to be a long show. So we're going to put Johnny. Johnny, can you put timestamps in this? Because people are going to want to jump around. Okay, great. I have to tell you about Christmas. Mm. Uh, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> it's the levels for me. After we do Christmas in Stockton with the family, my friend, shout out to Japora, the, the the Spivey sisters, the homies, my old homies from the hood. And if you know, you know, they came out. <laughs> it was a reunion, baby. Shout out to Haiti, baby, who is a rapper from the North Side Gangster Crip, came out to the South Side with no security. We never see that. 
there was 3,000 people, no violence, no nothing. So I just have to say for Stockton, y'all made me proud, period. So stop with that narrative that black folks and brown folks can't have nothing without violence because we showed you that it's possible. All right, well, I have to tell you. So the next day after that, Tiffany says, do you want to go with me to Selma Hayek's house for Christmas? Who am I? Did I text you from Selma's house? I was getting live updates. Selma Hayek, if you don't know who she is, she's the she's the most beautiful representation of the Mexican culture that you will ever see in your life. Now, I will tell you, shout out to you, Gloria Stefan, because I love you too, but Selma is everything. Bad. I don't know. You're an actor by trade, so do you know you know Selma? But oh, do, yeah. have you studied or watched her, seen her? Like, have you really like seen her as? Do you just watch her work, or do you like pay attention to her as a person? Well, you, yes, I pay attention. I pay okay. attention. Yes, absolutely. Selma <laughs> is everything. Now, I take pride in the culture. I really do. I'm saying there's no butt coming. This is a. However, <laughs> <laughs> however, I've done a lot for y'all, so I'm over there with them. Me and Tiffany walk up to Selma Hayek's house. Selma Hayek's husband is Francois Pinot. He owns Gucci, Balenciaga, and I think Issa Laurent. Mm. Basically, he worth $32 billion. I ain't never... Yeah, I have. <laughs> Robert Smith. He's more than 50... But $32 billion is a lot of money. What? The nicest people. Before we even get in the house, we walk up the hill to her home. You hear, you hear Spanish music playing in the background. <laughs> Selma, you let Hollywood unlocked in. I got unlocked a moment. The door opens so we can walk in. I thought maybe a housekeeper or a butler. Because you know, this is rich people. It's Angelina Jolie. Did I tell Answer you the door? No. Yeah, you tell me. She was walking out with her kids. So I look at Mr. and Mrs. Johnson. Isn't that the movie? What was it? What was it? Uh, Mr. Mrs. Mrs. Smith. Smith. Whatever. <laughs> Rob Smith, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. The tomb lady, Tomb Raider, mm -hmm. she's at the door. The girl who drank her brother's blood, right? Or her husband, <laughs> whatever. No, she's with her kids. So she's so skinny. And it's, but Angelina Jolie looked like Angelina. Yeah. She just walked by and, and Tiffany didn't see her. So I go, that was, that was Angelina Jolie. You know, it wasn't sexy red or <laughs> the city girls. You know, the events that I go to, uh -huh. you know. Might catch a stray here no or there. There were no baddies. Well, no baddies. <laughs> no nally nuns. Okay. This was Hollywood royalty at this point. So I'm now mentally preparing myself that I'm now walking into a space that God has prepared for me. Okay. Everything's Gucci. Gonna get to the Gucci cookies in a minute. Selma Hayek has Gucci cookies. Mm. So I walk in and Selma, and the reason why I'm telling this story is because we're going to learn something from this moment. Selma says, Tiffany, my bitch is here. <laughs> they were in Like a Boss together. If you've never seen the movie, it's one of the most hilarious. And Selma was a hot-ass mess. Yeah. And Tiffany was a hot-ass mess. And together they were a hot-ass mess. My bitch is here. Come here. Tiffany, you can have all the cranberry juice you want. Because <laughs> you know Tiffany just got that DUI. <sighs> Tiffany laughs. Of course, Tiffany's the life of the party. Never, ever breaks a sweat we sit down i sit next to salma's mother across from salma and her brother her daughter and then i look right and zoe kravitz is sitting next to tiffany and lenny kravitz is sitting next to her and salma's like tiffany you just missed angelina and leonardo caprio DiCaprio. listen 
Oprah said, if you ever find yourself in a room, you belong there. The whole time that this was all happening, I was really trying to mentally absorb it, mm -hmm. but also be thankful to God for putting me in it. Because having just left the toy drive with the families in need, going back to a space that inspires me to do what I do for a living, to mm -hmm. be able to give to those families, it was a real full 180 moment. But you know what it was, too? It was the fact that Tiffany who feels comfortable coming into my space and inspiring my people provide space for me to be inspired. Mm -hmm. The other thing that was telling was Tiffany having just had the DUI and how much you'll see black people online saying, cancel, 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 cancel. These people were embracing her, loving on her. She was mm -hmm. singing. Salma was singing. They had a mariachi band playing. The service was great. They had a staff. That lady, them people's over there is rich. And, and to <laughs> oh see the love that they were giving her it really mm -hmm. made me sad for our culture that we are we cannibalize our own more than anybody and don't show each other the love that she got. I told you about this, right? Didn't well, I? Yeah, what do you think me. about it? it? It absolutely resonated with me, and that's I think you and I have had this conversation before because we're so quick to tear down the people who are building us up, mm -hmm. and like if anybody deserves to not be torn down, it's Tiffany. And like the way that we went on the attack of that woman is crazy. And for for you to walk into a space with her and see people embracing her after that happened, and like really lifting her up and and, and championing her is what she should be walking into with our community. So it's crazy to me. It's crazy. And Tiffany is so deeply still rooted in the community, ours community that she could have left a long time ago because mm -hmm. she's already crossed over to White mm -hmm. Fang. Lenny and them report, Lenny has, now Lenny, okay. Can we just talk about the icon? Lenny Kravitz is an icon. Yes. What? Fashion Living style. Icon. I, one fact you may not know is Lenny Kravitz designed Queen Latifah's talk show set. Did you know that? No. Really? His interior design. So I said, mm. so they're talking about design. I said, you do know Lenny, I was telling Tiffany, I said, you do know Lenny Design Queen Latifah's talk show set. She was like, really? And then they had a whole conversation about that. And so he does design. So Lenny looks at me. He goes, have we met before? And I go, because I'm trying to hide because I don't want some of them to kick me out. He goes, have I met you before? I said, yeah, we met. I was 330 pounds. And he goes, you got that talk show. <laughs> this motherfucker say whatever he wants. This way he tells someone. So someone's like, oh, my God, you have a talk show? I must see it. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to let you see it when I leave the house. <laughs> but but he, we start talking, and Lenny said he wants to come on the show. So I'm That's texting okay. Marina like, we got to get ready for Lenny. So Lenny says he's coming in March, Period. which is really great. So I had so much fun. But I think the thing that the reason why I tell that story. Oh, I'm not done. So then Salma says, go with me into the house. I have toy gifts for you. I go, I just got here, yeah. I went in there, they had multiple gifts with Jason written on it. She had already alerted the staff that I was coming and they had already assigned me gifts. And there's all these Gucci gifts under the tree because her husband owns Gucci. Sickening, sickening. Am I right, sickening? So she comes over and she says, do you like cookies? Yeah, I like cookies. She goes, here's some Gucci cookies. These are Gucci. I hope you didn't open it. Of course it's opened. Here. <laughs> Try a Gucci cookie. Those are Gucci cookies. Is that crazy? Gucci cookie. Y'all so rich. This is how you get $30 billion. You you open, you open start Gucci cookies. Mm. My tax bracket just went up. I'm sorry. You can eat your mother's cookies. The mother's. You know, the circus cookies are the mother's. <laughs> this is... This is the elite. There's a sign Mm, the seal is approved by me. Anyway, these are Gucci cookies. 
Kaylin, you want to try one? Here, I got to put it in the Gucci case because I can't serve Spice you. Spice chocolate chip here. cookies. I can't, oh serve, I can't serve you Gucci cookies. Here you go. You may have That's one good. of my... Selma Hayek uh, gave us these Gucci cookies. What is that? Oh, it's describing the oh, cookie and what's in, in it. it. Oh, mm -hmm. Read it for the people who will never have a Gucci cookie. Gucci Osteria. Beverly Hills Spice chocolate chip cookies. Ingredients, flour. Oh, I'm not going to give you all the... Yeah. Mm -mm. It's, it's top secret. Secrets. So then I said... Oh. Do you want to see my dogs? One of my dogs' name is Gucci. This is the corny thing you do when you don't know what to do. So I showed her Gucci. She gave Gucci a Gucci bone. She has Gucci dog bone. What? Chanel took Gucci's bone and ate it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's a whole other fashion world ready to happen. <laughs> Thank you so much, Selma, for being a real one. I love you. Tiffany said once Selma sees the show, she's going to want to come on the show. You are welcome to come on the show at any time. But what I want to say is we got to love each other more, y'all. Culture has to love each other more. The way I watch them people, them non-black people, except for Lenny, pour into Tiffany is the way we should be pouring into each other. That takes me to my next thing. Tasha Smith. You know who she is. The actress. She's a um, director. And she's a teacher. She wants me to become an actor. That's Rob's thing. I, I told her I would learn how to be I don't know how to do it. I know how to act like me. <laughs> but Rob has taken training over the years and he knows how to act. I don't know how to act. Well... She sends me a video with her and Ivana Chubbick. Ivana watches the show. Ivana and Tasha are they they're iconic. They train everybody in acting. Ivana was uh has trained Halle Berry, all the greats. Ivana's a fan. I never know who's watching the show. So they tell me we have to get a book called The Power of the Actor by Ivana Chubbick. So I didn't want Ivana to send me a free book. I'll buy the book. So I bought two, oh. one for me and one for Rob. So that's Rob's book. Oh, thank Aww. you. <laughs> and me and Rob are going to go over there and meet thank with you. Tasha and Ivana. Aww. Because at some point, I'm going to become a badass actor like Tyler did with Medea. <laughs> <laughs> Just not going to put a dress I on. <laughs> it's not my thing. I tried to be Medea one year. I bought all the dress and everything. I put it on, what? looked in the mirror. You know what I said? You will never have a picture of me dressed in a dress. <laughs> so I didn't do it. But anyway, mm -mm. read that book. I will. And I mean, you're creating a network, so it wouldn't hurt to... Put a dress network. on? No. <laughs> I mean... No, if you're creating a network and going to be on the level of a Tyler Perry from that perspective, having a, a network where we have original content, can't hurt to understand Listen, the world. anything is possible. Yeah. Now, before we get into all the stuff that you tuned in for... Something else happened during the holiday weekend. I went to see, as you know, Cardi B uh, for New Year's. We'll get into all that later. Uh, Hi, Cardi. I haven't talked to her since, by the way. I mean, really? I did talk to her like the next day, but she's been, I don't know, maybe she's hiding out. Mm -hmm. We're going to find you in a minute because you're going to see this show and you're going to call me. But I called my friends, Catherine Bruton from BMI and Joyner Lucas to join me for New Year's Eve at Cardi's party. Joyner Lucas... We invited him to the uh, Hollywood Unlocked Impact Awards last year, which is underway for this year now, to present to Tupac because everybody knows Joyner in the world of music is somebody that's prolific and he's an amazing writer and whatever. And he and I both had that connection with you know who. We're not going to say you can go do the googling, but once he did, once he presented to Tupac's sister, he was so humbled and so grateful for being included in that that me and him exchanged numbers and have privately become friends where he checks on me all the time and you know when people check on you all the time that you don't have a relationship with especially when they're celebrities i get kind of weirded out because i'm like what do you want but he doesn't want anything so 
we go to dinner and he walks in and he says, hey man, how you doing? How you been? I'm great. So he goes, Merry Christmas. And he hands me a gift. And I'm like, what is it? And it's wrapped up. I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, okay, now I feel guilty because I didn't buy him nothing. I'm like, damn, I should have knew we were doing like a gift trade because that's what you're supposed to do. You know, those of you at work in the cubicle next to the hater that comes and gets put in the same bucket of you to give a gift for give trade. You're not supposed to pay more than $25. They spend 50 to make you look poor. You know that, you know that person. Well, he hands me this thing and I open, he goes, open it. I said, I'll open it. He said, open it right now. So I open it and I can tell it's a jewelry box. So I'm like, okay. You giving my gas some jewelry, you know, and I didn't know what to do, you know. I opened it up and it was this, this right here, this right here, and uh, we'll get you a we'll get you a closer version of this. But this right here is a picture of my brother Rodney. If you read my book, God must have forgotten about me. You know my brother's story. If you've been watching me from day one, you know my brother's story. If you watch me, I love hip hop. If you watch, you know my brother's story. The detail that he put into he Googled the image of my brother. He 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 made it red. You can read the book and figure all that out, okay? He gave me this gift. Now, I posted a video about it on my Instagram. You can go take a look. That, to me, was it was very interesting because it happened right after the Selma Hayek Tiffany thing about how we should be treating each other, and it reminded me of the value of a friend that we all deserve. Mm -hmm. We all deserve a friend who actually thinks that much about us to get that granular in the detail of the thing that's going to really strike to the heart of who we are as a person. And I will tell you, that was a moment where I was like, okay, we friends. You stuck with me now. So now if you see me and Joyner Lucas wearing matching uh, outfits courtside at a game, <laughs> it's not because we're gay. It's because we're best friends. <laughs> he's going to be mad that I said that because he's already told me he will never do that. But, you know, I like him because I just feel like, you know, he's just a bro. Like, I don't know, I'm having a great time. Uh, with that friendship, but it, it felt really good to have somebody think of me in that way. Um, did I send you a copy? Oh, you were, you were I was there. with you. You were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there at dinner. You were there at New Year's too. Yeah, yes, I was so. there for the show. Ah, <laughs> 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 mm. <laughs> would you like another? What did you think about the necklace? Stunning. I see a little razzle dazzle. It's very like bougie, like you, like for you, but also very sentimental. Very. Joiner did that. Mm -hmm. He did that. He did. All right. Anything you guys want to get off your chest about Christmas since we've been gone? I mean, that's like the most thorough update I've ever given in history. But just so much time has passed. We've I been think gone that for was weeks. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Mm -mm. Let's get to the shits. Time with tea with Jason Lee. Listen, I've had a lot to say about this first topic. And mind you, we're going to get through topics that are hot right now and things that we should have covered while we were gone because there's just no way I cannot have an opinion about some of the things that have happened on this internet. Mind you, are these Gucci cookies spicy? They are. They're spicy. They got a little yeah. kick. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's a spice. Selma, this is all in my throat. That's <laughs> what was going on. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jonathan Majors is in the news and let's be very clear i understand that this is a very controversial and very sensitive subject because coretta scott king for all of you TikToking and don't know she is <laughs> y'all know michelle obama this is before that this 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 paved the way for that this paved the way for oprah's and this paved the way for every black woman you can think about in the this is the mother of black women this is coretta scott king now 
You know, if you've been watching the Jason Lee show, Suki Hana had a lot to say about her husband. I have nothing to do with that. I'm not in the news for anything because I would never disrespect these icons like he and Suki did. But Jonathan Majors is getting dragged for filth over his infatuation with Coretta Scott King. Now, as you know, Jonathan just went through a crazy trial with his ex-girlfriend, Grace Jabari. And we learned that he told her that she needed to be more supportive of him like Coretta Scott King was to Dr. Martin Luther King and even like Michelle Obama. This is period. Do you understand that? Yeah. Do you really know this? Do you really? Yes. Then how dare you come home drunk and disturb the peace of our house when we have a plan? I would, like to get to, I would like to get to the point where your friends know what job I'm on and go, I think Grace is going to be out of commission. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I won't. I, like, I'm, I, no, no, do you understand that? Because cause that team, that unit, right, Grace has to be in a certain mindset to support Coretta Scott King. You know who that is? That's Martin Luther King's wife. Michelle Obama. Barack Obama's wife. I know, I'm not, I, I, I shouldn't have gone out, I'm no, no, sorry. Let me, just, let me just lay it out for you, right? If I am, I'm just going to say this. My temper, my shit, my trauma, blah, blah, all that, all that said, right? And I'm going to say, I'm a great man. A great man. I am doing great things, not just for me, but for my, for my culture and for the world. That is actually the position I'm in. That's real. I'm not being a dick about it. I didn't ask for it. I've worked and that's the situation. The woman that supports me, that I support, that, we're, that needs to be a great woman and make sacrifices the way that man is making for her and for them ultimately. Well, despite pleading not guilty, Jonathan was eventually convicted of two of the four charges in this case. Now, you know he's been walking side by side with his girlfriend, actress Megan Good. Despite him being charged with reckless assault and in the third degree and harassment in the second degree, the jury acquitted him of the two more serious charges of intentional assault uh, in third degree and aggravated harassment in the second degree. Well, Jonathan now faces up to a year in prison and has been dropped by all the projects, Disney's Marvel Studios and his other deals and projects have been indefinitely shelved. So after Grace failed uh, to be his Coretta, he now tells ABC News that Megan Good is his Coretta. Listen. Through it all, Major's new girlfriend, actress Megan Good, has remained by his side, even present for our interview. How would you describe your relationship? She's an angel. She's held me down like, like, a, like, a, like a Coretta, you know? I'm so blessed to have her, you know? The relationship is still fresh but you know I think I, I found her now I will tell you I've been critical of him mentioning Coretta with the white woman but I'm going to be critical of you using her again because Megan Good don't need to be no other black woman. She's her own black woman. You have a queen standing next to you who's standing next to you in the midst of a storm who left a man or 
allegedly. Separated from her husband, who was a pastor, who was right up there with Dr. Martin. Well, he wasn't up there with Dr. King, but you know. He was a pastor, too. I mean, they all pastors. <laughs> but my point is, is we have to stop lifting women up to be images of other women when every woman stands on their own. And and Megan Good is a strong black woman in her own right. She got her own money. She got her own success. She built her own name. She put the work in. She is Megan Good. And I did text Megan about all this, and I'm not going to tell you what I said because me and Megan have a long-standing relationship. And she's friend to my, my brand, but she hasn't come on our show yet. Well, meanwhile, now y'all done woke up the King family. They had a dream, and now they done woke up from their dream to address you because they're calling you out, Jonathan, specifically the daughter, Dr. Bernice King, Dr. Bernice King, we love you, and we know that you don't play no matter who it is. Because remember, Bernice called Cardi out years ago. She'll call anybody out if you disrespect the legacy of her parents because they represent such a big deal to the world. Well, this is what she tweeted. Well, what she posted on X. My mother was not a prop. She was a peace advocate before she met my father and was instrumental in him speaking out against the Vietnam War. Please understand my mama was a force. Here's what I wrote about her a few years ago. And then she put posted a hashtag Coretta Scott King. Well, Jonathan heard it because we all posted it. Hollywood Unlocked, every platform is posted. And now he's defending his use of Coretta's name and told TMZ, quote, my intention was to convey my utmost respect for Coretta Scott King, her achievements, and both her personal legacy and the one that she shares with her husband, Dr. Martin Luther King. What do you think? I'm going to be the unpopular opinion in, in this conversation because I think that Jonathan Majors was dragged through the mud unjustly. Um, one, I think his reputation was destroyed before he even had a chance to go to court and he was found guilty for some things he shouldn't have been because if he was chasing that white girl down the street, it would be a different story. But why do you think your opinion is going to be unpopular? Because I agree with that. But my, the unpopular part is I think it was just a bad choice of comparison to use specifically for grace to use a comparison of these two powerhouse black women who personify, and no pun intended, grace, elegance, power, intelligence, everything. And a symbol for black people. For black excellence, black people. Black he family, should, black moms. Everything. He yeah. should not have used that to compare her for the comparison to Grace, who was being tacky and recording him when he was and having a conversation with who's her. who's a white woman. Who's a white woman. But with Megan, I think that on the heels of him making that comparison to a white woman, it's just like, come on, stop now. But Megan also, she is a woman who has never been in mess. She's graceful. Mm -hmm. She's talented. She's intelligent. She's beautiful. She's uh, outspoken when she needs to be. Independent. So she, independent. So she's all of those things. So I get his comparison, but it's just wrong timing, bad timing, bro. And he, But he should not have lost everything. And I feel like this witch hunt that even the studios are going on canceling no, him. Call it's, it it's is too lynching. Much. Yeah, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. I just feel like <clears throat> the Coretta thing, you lost me, Jonathan, when you're relaying it to Grace. Like, you need to act more like Coretta. And then for that audio to be leaked and everyone's dragging the Coretta comment to go on TV again and say Coretta is weird. I just feel like that's a name you don't. Let me tell you the problem. You got a white publicist. You got a publicist who do not, who do not, who did not come to you and say, don't you ever in your life refer to a white woman as one of the most respected and visibly mm -hmm. acknowledged women of power around the world ever again. Because had you hired me, <laughs> like I was consulting good old Kanye, what I would have said is, 
Look at the chatter. Before it became news, look at the chatter online. Black X, Black Twitter. You need to go in your next interview and say, before we even get into what happened, let me apologize to my community and the culture for even the attribution of such a person to such an icon. And I should have never done that. And you should have dropped that mic and kept it pushing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because once you get redemption from the culture and they support and defend, they will, they will go, they will ride for you. We all believe he was wrongfully canceled. But because of the continued stupidity of words and word choices uh, that you're using and in, in acknowledging, uh, you know, anybody in comparison to this woman, we love Megan Good, but she ain't no Coretta Scott King. She wasn't Coretta when she, she, she ain't Coretta. Nobody's Coretta. <laughs> Not even Oprah's Coretta. Because what Coretta did in moving the black agenda forward didn't come with her having to use her voice. She used it, but her silent support, her standing with her husband, who was being threatened to be killed, her house being firebombed, her kids being threatened to be killed. I mean, like him being, her husband being jailed. Go back and look at the I Have a Dream speech and see the millions of people standing there listening to this one man who she slept with every night, who she birthed children from, who she lived with and built a, a future with and a symbol with. You gave that to a drunk white girl on the side of the street in Manhattan and then turned around and took it back and said, oh, no, I got a black one now. She really the Coretta. No, that you, you weren't moving right. Now, I think you're trying to be as humble and as real as possible, but you're showing that you have no self-awareness and you have no real understanding of how deep of the shit you're in. White folks have canceled you and now black folks are mad at you. You right there where Kanye was when he said, fuck the Jews and all lives matter. You got to come back to the center. You got to back up from doing press for a while. You got to be able to really think about what you're in. Mm -hmm. This conundrum of cancellation where you're talented. If you go watch The Harder They Fall, if you put a pin in this and go watch The Harder They Fall or Creed Three, come right back here and agree with Rob about how he deserves to continue to be an actor. But when you say nonsensical stuff like that, you ain't going to get no grace from black folks because we tired of giving white folks grace. We ain't going to give it to no blacks out here saying reckless things. Now, uh, I will say that to um, Megan, you a real one because I saw how intently you were listening during that interview and paying attention to every word. And I'm sure she knew. But she couldn't do nothing because it was Good Morning America. We watching you live on TV. But afterwards, I know she was like. <laughs> But anyway, I did tell Megan, like, bring Jonathan here. Bring him here. Let us talk to him on the Jason Lee show. Because I'm a fan. And I don't believe in cancel culture. And I believe that he's had enough time or he will by then have enough time to really reflect on the word choices. You know? Um, but I do think the, at the center of all of this, he shouldn't even be in all this anyway. He shouldn't be in all this anyway. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we live in a world now where everybody has a cell phone and everybody has a marina checking a receipt online. <laughs> Do you think he should be canceled for the thing with the girl? With Grace? Yeah. No. Not canceled, but just put on timeout. Are people more <laughs> mad at him now with the Coretta Yeah, thing? I feel like the Coretta right? thing got yeah, people in uproar. But that's why I'm yeah. like, is he not reading comments? Like, or is his team not reading the comments? Because we were mad the first Coretta name drop. And then here you go with another And he's telling this to... Didn't he talk to Gail? Is this the only black woman you know? Coretta? Coretta <laughs> <laughs> why, 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 why couldn't Megan be like, Megan? Right. The stallion. Why she to be like, oh. <laughs> you know what? 
Hands on your knees. Hand, who, who is that? Is that, is that sexy, that's red? sexy red? That's I don't sexy know. Red. All this music is sending us off. Anyway, bye. Thank you. Oh, I thought Christian was here. Thank you. Me too. Oh my God. Thank Wait. you, Christian Louboutin. Are you going to do an unboxing right now? Christian sent me a gift. Oh, oh, my God. Open it. Beautiful open packaging, it. too. Oh, my God. Is it First a book? of all, can I? Oh, who am I? Oh, my God. Who he am I? Book? Gucci on the table. Listen, I listen. My friends are my friends, okay? Christian Louboutin. I forgot to tell y'all something else I did. Can I tell y'all? Yeah. Mike. Uh, Mike. Uh, Rob knows. I like to take Rob in all of the other spaces <laughs> when it comes to acting because that's the world that I want him to be around that's what inspires people you only need that one moment Christian Louboutin did I tell you he called me did I tell you mm -mm. he calls me the other day and he says where are you I said I'm <laughs> I'm at my house with my dogs and he says do you want to come with me to the party I am hosting a party I said okay cool I don't even care what party because I just want to be a Christian I love mm -hmm. I love First of all, I love Christian Louboutin, not just because I get the best gifts, because this baby, this is beautiful. This seems just feel rich. Okay. <laughs> so so Christian invites me to a party. And when I get to the party, it's the W Mag party for the Golden Globes. I walk in at Chateau Montmartre. Oh my god. First of all, I go sick. to Christian's suite and we talk. We, you know, because Christian is me. I'm Christian and me and Christian. That's all I can say. He I, I'm just not as polished. Hand me my book back. Hand me my gift back. Thank you. So we're chilling in his room and Christian Louboutin, by the way, this just got delivered while we were doing the show. So <laughs> he walks me in the room. As soon as I get in line to walk in the room, guess who's standing in front of me? Hmm. Some girl named Margot Robbie. I don't know who's that. Barbie. Harley she had Quinn. pink on. <laughs> Harley Quinn, Barbie. Actually, she had pink on. She had black on. Harley Quinn. Right. Just has whatever. Because Journey Smollett was there too. I guess they were in something together. Never saw it. Yeah, they were in Birds of Prey. I oh, don't watch man. TV. I'm running for city council. Okay, Facts. but Margot Robbie was there. And then, as I'm talking to Margot Robbie, I turn left. Guess who's standing right here? Julia, the girl from Ozark. Uh, you know, you know. Yeah, no, I, with I don't the ramen noodle hair. Yeah. Don't talk, disrespect her like that. No, also they have the memes of her. For her Julia, character. what? Garner. Julia Garner. She's literally my favorite on Ozark, okay? Because I'm learning how to hang with the other, mm -hmm. okay? So I'm talking to her and I'm telling her, because Madonna, you know who Madonna is. Mm -hmm. It's only one Madonna. Madonna, what? and I'm not going to say with the details, but Madonna loves her. Okay, So I'm telling her the things that Madonna has told me about her. I turn left, Nisi Nash walks in with her wife. So I'm like, Nisi, you need to come to the show. As I'm talking to Nisi, the door opens, Taraji P. Henson walks in. I'm looking at her. Behind her is Nicolas Cage. Then I'm like, oh my God, the whites are out tonight. This is my this is my new thing. You know, I'm accepting the new circles. I turn right, Chris Pine is standing at the door. So I'm like, oh, I gotta go over and say hi to Chris Pine, you know? Cyclops from, from X-Men. Before I can get to him, Danielle Brooke and the rest of the color purple cast come in, uh, Coleman Domingo. Clyde, uh, uh, what's the what's the girl named Cindy Crawford's daughter, the Gerber girl? She was there. I mean, there were so many people in the room. 
Gabrielle Union and I were having a moment. <laughs> and I was telling her, yes, I'm accepted in the circles too. Um, but there were so many amazing people. And Danielle Brooks, I have to say, Danielle, wherever you are, I told you to your face, I'm going to tell you right now. First of all, she walked in. She was like, hi. You know, everybody was a little nervous. And she goes, I love you. It was so good to finally meet you in person, whatever. I didn't even know she knew who I was. But I told her to her face, you deserve every award you get because you played the hell out of that role in Color Purple. And I introduced her to Christian, and I introduced Christian to everybody there that he didn't know. And there were a few people he didn't know. <laughs> uh, but he, of course, everybody knew who he was. But it was such an amazing party. So he told me he was sending me a gift. And... This is it. Thank you, Christian. Me and uh, Rob will be at the next exhibition whenever it is. Mm -hmm. So, Rob, you can get your passport ready. I have a passport. I said get it ready. Oh, well, it's ready. <laughs> Stamped up and ready. It ain't being used in Miami at Twist every day. <laughs> Not the name job. Oh, God. <laughs> Rob's name and numbers on the bathroom stalls. No, it's not. Okay. It should be. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of bathroom stalls. DDG and Halle Bay. Maybe, maybe that's where the baby was conceived. I don't know. They had a baby. So let me give them a round of applause. Everybody knows I love this girl. She was at the 2023 Hollywood Unlocked Impact Awards. We acknowledged her as being the first black Little Mermaid and being such a nice symbol to black women. Somebody that Jonathan Majors could have. Nah, leave it too soon. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, DDG, this is his baby mama. This is his girl. And now, you know, there was lots of speculations after DDG trolled fans with rumors that they were having a baby or that, that she was pregnant. They, uh, they finally now have confirmed that the speculations were right all along. Mm -hmm. Now, back in the day, he posted this photo of a sonogram uh, that showed a baby. Uh, and he said, I can't wait to meet you or something like that. Do we have that? Take a look. Uh, well, throughout Hallie's whole Color Purple press runs and other events attended, we've seen her in baggy clothing, fluffy outfits, and we even saw that that nose spread a little bit. And we know, I'm not in a bad way, I'm saying in a pregnant woman way. We know yes. that nose. We see, Rihanna, you know I love you, but baby, we knew when you was pregnant because that nose, that beautiful little Barbadian nose got to spread. You know what I mean? Uh, but either way, let me show you a photo of DDG and Hallie in fluffy outfits. Okay. <laughs> He looked happy, like, I got that one. Okay, mm -hmm. second one. Look, the girl did a great job. I don't know if June Ambrose was styling her or whatever, but whoever was styling Hallie, you did a great job. And I was even defending her when Funky Doniva and everybody was saying she was pregnant because I wanted her to be able to say her on her own that she was pregnant. You know, we don't like stealing that moment from the moms, even though I did to Erica Mena. Well, while the internet stood 10 toes down on her being pregnant, she never addressed the rumors, and DDG just kept on uh, trolling us. Now, for instance, this was the photo of him trolling fans. Take a look. That's a black doll and him holding it, saying he finally was getting to show his daughter. And the speculation only continued after Hallie was seen getting up from her chair on camera, to which fans said she got up like a woman who just gave birth. Look at this video. I'll pick it up, though, without it. Oh. Okay, I'll show you. It's very easy. Sometimes, let me get a spatula, because that's what I did yesterday. So the cookies don't fall apart. Girl, you could have slid out the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> but when fans directly asked DDG if he had a daughter with Hallie, he said this. Look. Bro, I don't know why, it, why people is like so invested in what I got going on or what we got going on. Like... Bro, 
mind your business. Like, go outside, touch some grass, bro. Like, go do a cartwheel in your backyard or something. Like, it's it's weird, bro. Like, I don't, I genuinely don't be understanding. It's like, bro, why do y'all be so invested in people that don't know you? Like, I ain't gonna lie, like. I love my supporters and shit, but in real life, bro, I don't know y'all, bro. Like, I, 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 that's just the truth. Like, you got to just let me live my life. Like, you don't go up, you don't look at your principal at your school and be like, damn, is she in a bad mood today? Did she argue with her dude today? What's going on with her today? Like, bro, why do you care so much? Whatever's going on in my life or her life, bro, is not gonna change yours. That's in believe, bro. Work, work in the, get, get in the lab, go get some money. Like let's let's focus on ourselves. Twenty twenty four, bro. Let's try to lock in on ourselves, not other people. Please mind your business. Well, that would be great if you didn't put it all on social media. You post on on uh, Snapchat all day every day. Why? Because I follow you so I can see the baby like everybody else. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you know, these celebrities who get famous off of fan support and then get mad that fans want to know mm -hmm. their business, you invite them in your relationships. You invite them in your homes. You ask them what you should wear. You show them all the food that you eat. You make them believe they have a seat at the table. Therefore, when they want to know more, you got to feed them. Okay? Uh, and it's almost like when Khloe Kardashian said, stop asking all these questions. You asked us to keep up with you, dummy. We're going <laughs> to keep up. Well, days later, DDG dropped a freestyle rapping quote, Silver Spoon Kid, I know Halo don't want for nothing. He crying, his mama coming. She's stronger than Wonder Woman. You brought us in your relationship. So what do you think? Do you think that he has the right to tell a fan Go worry, worry about your own business. You don't do this to your principal. Nobody likes their principal. <laughs> I feel like the DDG is a master, master social media troller. Of course he is. Of course. Because he wasn't lying in the video. The question was, did you have a daughter? And he said, no, because it's a boy. Right. He's and even the announcement that she was pregnant was a trolling post, but it was really an it announcement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Like... I Come on, he's just doing this to keep people invested in the conversation and coming back to the TikTok every day. Now I'm about to go follow him on TikTok and Listen, Snapchat. He, he he's a TikToker. He posts all the time. But I'm wondering, was Little Mermaid? Did she have a, feet, a Little Mermaid inside of the Little Mermaid? Like, did it happen when she was Ariel? Like, did it happen when she was in color purple? Like, when was there a little bun in the oven? That's what I need to know. Oh God! When she was in the color purple, she was in the fields with them dresses mm -hmm. on, so she could have been, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When she was Ariel, she was snatched. Yeah. Well, uh, either way, um, you know, the internet hung on to this whole line about a silver spoon kid named Halo having a super mom, and eventually, Hallie came clean, forced into a corner. She posted this, and this was her reveal with her baby, with a Aww. freshly, uh, you know, done nail set and the little baby bracelet named Halo that says Halo. Now, now, Hallie, if I was you, I would have posted that photo with you holding your baby's hand with Beyonce's halo under it. Mm -hmm. You need me to help you with your social media. You and Jonathan Majors. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, congratulations to you and DDG. Now, DDG, I'm about to put you on blast because you keep texting me that you're coming on the show. I'm just playing. He's coming. We're figuring out a date now. He wanted to wait till they got through the pregnancy. And, you know, my friends go to the same gym as y'all. Right over there by Air One. Not going to tell you which one. There's more Air Ones than one. Mm -hmm. We knew where you are, and I knew the child was pregnant. I just didn't want to out it. So 
in the words of Jonathan Major, you come to my show since I gave you grace. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot. It's like I'm just shady by nature, right? Like there's no way around it. Oh, God. Anyway, you guys are such a cute couple. Bye. They are. They are a cute couple. They're cute. All right. Speaking of color purple, Taraji P. Henson is in the news. They even said her Oprah was beefing. Yada made Oprah respond to gossip on the red carpet. The internet is something else. I know Oprah's like, I'm almost out of here. Let me just go on and stay away. <laughs> okay. During the press run for The Color Purple, Taraji P. Henson used, for, uh, used her platform to share her truth about being underpaid as a black woman in Hollywood. Now, we've heard these stories for years from every actress uh, of color. Um, now, a similar story, similar story that we previously had heard uh, uh, by actress and comedian Monique. This is something we've heard from her. Now, in an emotional interview with Gail King for SiriusXM, Taraji boldly spoke her truth and stood up for others just like her. Take a listen. I'm just tired of working so hard, being gracious at what I do, getting paid a fraction of the cost. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of hearing my sister say the same thing over and over. Um, you get tired. Mm -hmm. I hear people go, you work a lot. Yeah. Well, have to. The math ain't mathing. Mm -hmm. And when you start working a lot, you know, you have a team. Mm -hmm. Big bills come with what we do. Yes. We don't do this alone. The mm -hmm. fact that we're up, is a whole entire team behind That's us. Right. Yes. They have to get paid. So when you hear someone saying, oh, such and such made $10 million. No, that's not that. That didn't make it to their account. Mm -hmm. Know that off the top. Uncle Sam is getting 50%. That's right. Okay? So do the math. Now we have 5 million. Your team is getting 30% or whatever your team is getting off of what you grossed. Sometimes not more. after what Uncle Sam took. Now do the math. Mm. So I just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm only human. And, and mm -hmm. it seems every time I do something and I break another glass ceiling, when it's time to renegotiate, I'm at the bottom again mm -hmm. like I never mm -hmm. did what I just did. Mm -hmm. And I'm just tired. tired. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I get that. I get that. It wears on you, you know? Because mm -hmm. what does that mean? Mm -hmm. What is that telling me? What is it telling me? Yeah. And what does it tell me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? And if I can't fight for them coming up behind me, then what the fuck am I doing? I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's where they're going to get mad at me. Taraji, I saw you the other night, and I love you. I told you four times I loved you, even though you weren't really paying me any attention. I told you four times I was a fan. I told you that I thought you were the most talented actress. I told you I respect what you stand for. And you weren't even really giving me eye contact. And I'm standing with Christian Louboutin at his party. I had just talked to Danielle Brooks, who was everything. I love you, Danielle. She's, and I'm not saying that to hold one black woman up to put another. I'm just saying my, my lived experience. Danielle Brooks was everything you want her to be. Humble, beautiful, thick, chocolate, trained actress. Humble, excited, not cocky, not arrogant, and very present. Very mm -hmm. present in all of our conversation. We talked like three times in the party. Taraji barely 
acknowledged I was talking to her, and she knew who I was. So where were her eyes? Because we've met a few they times. Looking at you around, trying to talk to everybody else, Nisi, everybody, you know, just really not. Maybe she's mad because I said Jennifer Hudson was illiterate, you know, whatever. Because the fake loyalty in Hollywood is we're just going to be mad because they did. We all do stuff that we all don't like. But the reason why black culture never moves all the way forward is because people like you who have an opportunity to come on a massive black platform to not only increase our value and awareness, but your voice to a community who can rally behind you, you choose not to. You don't even acknowledge this when we're in the room. I could have been serving food and you would have walked right by me. So I'm still a fan because she's Taraji Henson. I love her. I'm, I, I love her. I, you know, whatever. And I'm not even mad that she doesn't come on the show. I don't really care about that. But I just... We have to stop crying these tears because the folks that hold the purse who don't look like us don't give us the opportunity or the equity that we deserve when we don't even do it for each other. So that's that. Now, I know I said a lot and people are going to feel some type of way because I'm over telling people come on the show. Our show is a blessing to their platforms. We have millions and millions of followers and everybody in that room knew who I was. What do you think? No, I think there's power in what you just said too because- she's not the only person who's had that conversation. I mean, Viola Davis had the same conversation. So it, there is something to be said about people putting stock and equity in the people who continue to not uplift them or continue to put them in positions where they're in this, uh, in, in this circumstance, as opposed to coming to spaces where it is for us, by us. And those are the spaces that are really going to help propel us as a community to a space where we don't have to put our weight and value in the people who aren't giving it back to us. Yeah. And you have to understand, the thing that fuels me to keep being a critic of our community is because we know you're not going to come and talk to us. So we got to get our opinions out one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I, I just found it very interesting. And and when you say Viola Davis, she's been speaking on to, to power on this issue for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've met Viola and I've had very engaged conversation with Viola. And this was at brunch. You know, black folks, we don't want to talk to nobody at a restaurant. But Viola, you know, she was uh, very accommodating of the conversation. Now, other black women in Hollywood stood by Taraji, like Kiki Palmer and Gabrielle Union and Taraji's Color, uh, color Purple, Castmates Fantasia and Danielle Brooks. Um, but here's what Gabby had to say. Not a damn lie told. Not a damn lie. We go to bat for the next generation and hell, even our own generation and above. We don't hesitate to be the change that we all need and uh, to see. And it takes a toll on your mind, health, soul, and career if we kept it 100. Love you, Taraji. You know, it takes a toll on us in black media too, black owned media, believe it or not. It takes a toll on us when you can walk up and see a disheveled, what's that actor's name from Pose? Oh, Billy Porter. I didn't say his name. I don't think he's disheveled. The bottom row of the teeth are. I didn't say any I of that. said it. Let me be very clear. I'm running for city council. I didn't say none of that. I said it for you. We were all thinking it. We I wasn't thinking, thinking it. it. You didn't see the bottom row of his teeth. Oh my God. They're a whole different shade and they're all fighting for first place. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No, to I was rooting for you because you just got drug in the comments. <laughs> drug. But either way, you know, you know, when I run across a disheveled Billy Porter sitting there with his <laughs> leg crossed, sipping his, you know, poor little coffee at Starbucks, you know, I want to lift you up, my brother. 
But if 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 oh. you know if if you're not going to come on the show anyway, and you're not going to engage, or you're not going, you know, we don't need. We have a relationship with all these people. We have a relationship with Taraji Pinson. We literally, I just saw the team just posted it right now on Hollywood Online. I ain't even there. So my point is that mm -hmm. I hear these arguments, but you guys, Gabrielle Union, who I also talked at the party, you know, I like you, and you know, we've talked, came to support you at your event with Larry Sims. Uh, and I had just gotten off a plane that day, having traveled all day and not, you know, you know, and I'm 46 years old. So to travel all day, get in the car, drive to my house, change, get in the car, drive down. Like, that's a lot. Driving downtown to L.A. from the West Hollywood Hills. That's a lot. Coming from Stockton, from working on a campaign all week. It's a lot. But uh -huh. I did that. When I asked her about coming on the show the other night, she's like, Ugh. and I understand because there's this fear that that transparent, honest dialogue is gonna get me in trouble. Mm -hmm. We are, we have each other's back. I have your back, you have my back, we have each other's back. Fantasia saw what Gabby said and she echoed Taraji's sentiments about being underpaid and undervalued uh, on Hollywood sets and even recent as the Color Purple set. Now, why they threw Oprah under the bus after you know she went through that whole scandal with Tyler, Miss Wear Dress, Medea Perry <laughs> and uh, Monique well, she talked about her experience, and Danielle Brooks also said that Taraji had to stand up for the whole cast and crew uh, when they came to set uh, without any food or their own trailers, beknownst to Oprah. Now, here's audio of Danielle holding up Taraji and kind of throwing Oprah under the bus. Take a listen. I remember when we first came in and we were doing rehearsal, and they put us all in the same space. Like, we didn't have our own dressing rooms at the time, and... They did not give us. Sorry, Miss Over. We didn't have no food. She had no idea. She, she didn't had know no what was going on. She had no idea. I heard about it. Oh, yeah. And you corrected it yeah, for us. Corrected it. You corrected I you. it. Didn't for I call us. you? Yes. I and I was like, Miss O, we gotta fix this. <laughs> and she said, Say less. And was it not? And fixed? that's what I appreciated, though. You were our voice because a lot of times, yes, I've done a lot of TV. I've done a lot of films, uh, specifically independent films. But this is my first studio film. So sometimes you do come in just saying, okay, well, I'm going to just take whatever they give me. I'm just yeah. happy to be here, you know? But you spoke up for us, and you showed me how to do that. But what I've really enjoyed is your sisterhood is authentic, and it's real. Oprah started getting tons of heat after Taraji and Danielle's revelations, and the fans claimed that Oprah and Taraji had been beefing. Now, they that all happened... Uh, after they were seen on top of the Empire State Building, and it looked like Oprah was. I saw it. A TikToker was just starting a mess. It didn't look like no beef. But either way, you know, uh, the, the rumor was quickly shut down on Instagram. Now, here's a photo of Oprah's tribute to Taraji. Now, I ain't going to read all that, but she just went on and on and on and on and on and on. And this is what they damage control. Oprah's from a pre social media world, so she don't know. That didn't do nothing but make it worse. <laughs> So Oprah continued to set the record straight at the Golden Glo Globes alongside Gail King, Fantasia, and Danielle. Mind you, they're moving down the red carpet, getting to the Golden Globes, and were asked about social media rumors, which is crazy because now everybody's trying to do our job. Shout out to Entertainment Tonight and all the other people trying to do what we do. But either way, they caught Oprah, and I'm sure Oprah was upset that she had to be questioned about such nonsense. Take a listen. What is the deal with Oprah and Taraji? What do you want to share with the class? Oprah and, no, I'm addressing that to Oprah. 
Oh, because people, I saw your face. No, because yeah, people think I know that it's not a deal. It's yeah, not a deal. People think you're mad. She's mad. I know that that's well, not true. Well, first of all, the thing that is so upsetting to me is that somebody went on and 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 something went viral where they're analyzing us on, the on body top language. of the on top of the we Empire State. We were cold. Oprah said you were cold. We were cold. It was cold. Yeah, there's the a whole thing we had done about, that day. Yes, that was the fourth thing we had done that day. First of all, I just want to say that. From the beginning, when I got the first phone call that cars were, they were being asked to rent cars because they were in the middle of rehearsal. Well, I asked for my own car because I like to drive myself. I'm a Southern okay. woman. So I, but I, when you heard. I heard that Taraji was upset because she'd been asked to do a rental car. I personally called Toby Emmerich, who was at the time the head of Warner Brothers, and say, and he said, well, that means we have to do cars for everybody. Then I said, then we do cars for everybody. Yeah. And if it's necessary, I will pay for the cars myself. He goes, well, we don't want you to do that. Yes. So, you know, from that was one thing. Trailers were another thing. Food was another thing. And everything got handled. And everything, yeah. everything got handled. I just so I don't even know. know why, no I don't even know. Between. You know what? It's so disturbing to me. Why is my name even in this conversation? Because you're Oprah Winfrey. Can I say something? Why is my name in this conversation? Because I have just been the champion for everybody. everybody. Yeah. I want to just say one thing. I'm a mother of young kids. Social media has become a thing. Social media has become a thing where they will take something that's not even true and run it and run it and run it. Yeah. And sometimes it's almost like you guys, some of the interviews you're posting happened long ago or mm -hmm. it wasn't that and they will take things. And yes. All that stuff. So at the end of the day, when we first said that this movie was going to be a healing thing at CinemaCom, yeah. I knew without a shot of a doubt mm -hmm. that people would try to break that down. Mm -hmm. Anything that has healing a part of it, they will do so. So we all have to haters. overlook all of that other stuff yeah. and keep shining bright because this movie, The Color Purple, is healing the land, yes. baby. So but, no matter what, I just want to say, yes. it's nonsense. It, there is but, no uh, thing. There, there is isn't no thing no. because what there I know is, is no. you've been a champion of Taraji champion and everybody. And everybody. And yes. That's the only point and that I... And trying to make sure that everybody got exactly what they needed. Listen, meanwhile... All that happened on the Golden Globes. And y'all say we messy at the Jason Lee Show when that's really what we do over here. Set the record straight. Well, meanwhile, another black woman in Hollywood, Vivica A. Fox. Don't be fucking rude. She took another stance when asked if she could relate to Taraji and the other black women. And here's what Kill Bill 2 had to say. Do you feel like um, now is the perfect time to have the conversation that Taraji kind of continued or for Monique, you know, you're an actress, you've been out there. Is this the perfect time to kind of talk about that in the right platform? You know, darling, to each his own. Do you know what I mean? I'm very happy, very blessed. And uh, to each his own. I didn't have that experience, so, you know, but to uh, get your peace out is important. I totally understand that. And uh, I love my girls for looking out for each other, but uh, I'm good. That is a case of she said what she said. Mm -hmm. And, and and you know, one would say that's Vivica's lived experience and she didn't live that. Um, well, people didn't like it. <laughs> Vivica's comments shocked a lot of people, including Gabrielle Union, who shaded the hell out of Vivica by liking and unliking a tweet. I'm going to say allegedly. Allegedly. I, there have been times I've liked something and then, oops, I like because I was scrolling. I didn't, it wasn't no intention. But because Gabby has gotten the 
rapper being a bad girl in the past who self-admittedly was a hater, uh, people immediately believe that she did intentional. This is what she liked. She hasn't experienced <laughs> Taraji's success either. <laughs> you did that. Ooh. Put it Oof. back up. That was intentional. What do you think? First of all, who is checking everyone's likes? That's just weird. We are. <laughs> That's a hell of a mistake to tap but on that like. But that is not no mistake. She, <laughs> I think she was in a... When I introduced... To, um, Taraji already knew Christian Louboutin. When I introduced Gabrielle to Christian, I told him, she one of us. <laughs> and he said, well, what does that mean? I said, she one of us. This is what I meant. Because yeah. me and Christian, you know, it's a key key. You went to dinner with me and Christian. Yeah, yeah. You know, Christian is everything. Uh, Gabby, you did that. Side note, <laughs> during the midst of all this, I was looking at my gift that Christian sent me. I want to read a note. He wrote a note in the book. Mind you, I have another one. He's on my coffee table in my bedroom because he sends me one of every exhibition. He says, for my friend Jason, who suddenly appeared in my life like a bullet. And for the, <laughs> <laughs> and for the best friendship. Love you, man. Uh, Christian Louboutin. That's so nice. God, I need to start spending time with my wealthy, bougie, mm -hmm. gay designer friends. I need just more rich friends like that, period. But you know what's crazy? And you've had dinner with him. It, you don't feel like you it's Christian Louboutin. Yeah, it's like he is. No, he's. This is why I like them. The same with Rihanna. And These people are just regular people who I think love being grounded by people who treat them like regular people. Because I don't talk to him like, I talk to him the way me and, well, <laughs> I was going yes, to do. The, I was gonna take him to the Abbey. We were going to go, but I was just too tired. Yeah. No, but you know, could you imagine? That would have been a good time. Yeah. Christian Louboutin at the Abbey. Anyway, girl, I hope you get your money. But, you know, we got to start banding together. Okay, we got to get closer the way that dress was on you at that party. You look really good, by the way, wrapped in all that rental wrap. Uh, but I, I love Taraji. I love everything you represent. But I need you to start speaking on this issue with a little bit more power. You know, I understand the tears or, you know, you feel some toy, but you need to stand in your strength. Because when Viola speaks about this topic, you need to go over and study her Instagram. Viola be like, we are more that you she get she you know what I mean like Viola gets in the character she do but weren't you guys wondering when Gail was asking Oprah the question where was Tar why wasn't Taraji there and why was it Gail asking Oprah obviously they're besties like I wish it was a third party person like that was just a little weird to me we still mad at um, Gail for what she did to Kobe we love you Gail <laughs> but you know we ain't forgot. Uh, anyway, I wish you the best, Taraji. Uh, the open invitation is uh, always there to you and all the other blacks who may not want to come by. Okay, thank you. Bye. Well, my homie's in the news. Little Boosie. <laughs> Boosie is not my homie. However, we've been talking. Marina, have we been talking? We ain't going to say that more than that. Nope. You don't like Boosie, Rob? You can answer the question. I'll just make sure that you're not here on one of the days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like what he stands for. 
Well, he's in the news now because Boosie is catching a lot of heat over his views about the gay community. Now, over the holidays, the uh, Louisiana rapper went on to see The Color Purple, uh, and he went to the theater. But he said after watching it, he couldn't finish the film and walked out because there was, an, there was a gay agenda being pushed with the lesbian love story between Suge Avery and Seeley. <laughs> Stop right here. Rob, explain the relationship between Suge and Seeley from an actor's perspective. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, my perspective from the story, because it was always in the story. And people need to understand, we're talking about a book that turned into a movie that now turned into, into a musical. musical. Correct. And I think Suge saw the beauty in Celie that the world had discounted in her. She saw the inner beauty of Celie that, and the beauty that Celie brought by caring for other people. And she wanted to show Celie what real love felt like. Because this was a woman who had been beaten and broken and Kids sold. Kids taken from her. Everything. All that. And so Suge was showing her what real love felt like because she had never had that. And that was the point of that relationship. It wasn't to glorify a gay relationship. It was to glorify loving someone who's beautiful and who's a great soul. That's what it was about. You want to see something gay? Let me show you two lesbians on the Jason Lee show. Me and Evelyn Lozada. Take a look. <laughs> not too. I, I mean, listen, I'm not a lesbian, but you know what I mean? Like, just let people be. It wasn't that bad. And Boosie, when's the last time you saw two women kiss each other and get offended? Most things like that turn most men like you on. And in fact, it's the very thing that half the men of you that are sleeping with trans women say. <laughs> well, where was I going with that? Oh. It's most men like you who do sleep with, it's most men from the hood, like where you're from, who sleep with trans women and don't see that as gay, and one can argue it's not, but can have sex with two women and say that that's not gay, but now you're acknowledging that it is. I don't know if it is or isn't, but what I do know is that that was just a ridiculous thing. Now, well, this is what Boosie had to say about the scene. I had to walk out this Color Purple movie, and two other older couples walked out also because I had my little girls with me, and it seemed like a gay love story. <laughs> Good acting, but whoever wrote the script is pushing the narrative hard. As a parent, I will not let my little girl watch this film. Why, if somebody, why, if someone doesn't agree with the gay narrative that's being pushed, uh, why do y'all say that the person who doesn't agree is gay? That's bullying. We have a right as parents to say it's not cool for a seven and nine year old to watch this. We have rights as parents to protect our children as much as we can. I have no problem at all with the gay people. Uh, my granddad was a preacher, Southern Baptist, and I'm just here trying to raise my kids with the same beliefs and respect we was raised with. Just this world will have you in a fight to do so. Yes. But you're online pulling a girl into another room to give you a blowjob. Well, but you well, she was paying $3,000. <laughs> but you're protecting your kids from gay... Like, what? What? Come on. Come on. Well, come I'm on. i tell you who came on. T.S. Madison. <laughs> She came on this show, but she also came on Instagram and come from and quickly called him out and said that he needed intervention for Boosie demanding to, that, she, that he sort out his homosexual demons. Look, I ain't read all this. Believe it up for a minute. <laughs> she went on and on and on and said a lot and said that you sat there while your daughter, while with your daughter, while. Mr. Enslaved Celia to cook and clean his nasty house with his children. You sat there with your daughter and watched Mr. Beat sexually destroy and drag Celia all over the floor. You sat there with your daughter and watched Mr. Bring his side chick into the house with Celia. But you got up to leave when you saw Celia finally find love and compassion in some 
sort of temporary relief from Mister's prison. And then went on and on and on, of course, to talk about the gay agenda that he talked about. Now, I understand what T.S. Madison was saying. I want to put a pin in that. T.S., stay off our Instagram. Stop coming <laughs> on our Instagram telling us what we should or shouldn't do. I am not a PR team for you or anybody else on the Internet that tries to tell me how to do what I do. And you know I love you, but I'm loving you with a firm hand. I'm so sick of everybody telling Hollywood a lot what they should do. Y'all stay on the Internet all day entertaining foolishness and get mad when we mm-hmm. forget one slide. It is what it is. If people want to know everything you have to say, let them go over to your Instagram. And y'all could talk about it all day long. Until then, we're going to keep on posting and whatever we want. Now, T.S. had a, a good point because everything doesn't have to line up with a gay agenda. You do realize, Lil Boosie, that this film and book goes back years, decades, before we even knew what all this was about. But I think if you look at the interpretation of what the art was trying to convey, because this movie is art, the book is art, the musical is art, a little too many songs, but it is art. <laughs> Um, you know, I think to Rob's point, they were trying to show that she was deserving of love too, right? Correct. But I think it's very telling that T.S. Madison highlighted something that is wrong within the black community, in particular in the South, and of people of a particular age. Y'all refuse to acknowledge that when you were dating the younger girls, when you were grown, that was pedophilia. And the things that you're pushing on these kids, you don't want your daughter to see the kids in, but you still got your son penis sucked by a woman who was grown so those are the things that people want you to address and hopefully one day we'll get to have that conversation what do you think marina i'm looking now the color purple book was written in 1982 i have not seen you saw the new one yes oh i didn't see the new we one we do yet. our homework <laughs> i didn't watch it yet but I love how Boosie writes in all caps. I love how he's standing on business, as the kids say. And No, the kids are the gay people that he don't like. Oh. Well, he don't have a problem with, but unless they're kissing each but... other in the movie. Now, it's one thing that he has issues with Lil Nas X with some of the antics he's been doing. Because I think the gay community, we don't all agree with everything that everybody's doing just because you're gay. No, but the... I'm with Rob. Because you can't be like, Charlotte, what did he say? Put your pussy on live. I'll send you a thousand dollars. Like you can't say that and then talk he's about pandering it. to his community though. That's the people that the people who watch him got a thousand dollars to put it. They want a thousand dollars. Well, Boosie clapped back at Maddie, and this is what he said: "You seem offended because the truth hurts. The movie had a great acting, but it's just uh, but it's just not appropriate for my little girls to watch. It's not just me, transsexual Maddie." <laughs> Hold on, my heart hurt. It's not just me, transsexual Maddie, that feels this way, shaking my head. Go read all the comments across social media about the film. It's a lesbian classic, but good film. And just in case, just because someone don't agree, that makes them homosexual. So everyone who disagrees is gay. Maybe you're mad at yourself. You've been mad at me since I told the tranny swimmer, get out the damn pool. Leave me alone, my nigga. I ain't gonna lie, that was funny. It was wrong, but it was funny. Listen, um, T.S. Madison responded. Put that post back up because her response was at the bottom. Maddie said, again, we all, again, we go all the way around the issue at hand. Truly, I see now Lil Boosie 
and the keep the cycle of black women in bondage don't and won't ever get it. Our community is doomed, but thanks for your response. I mean, at some point, you just have to stop arguing with a clown. Not to say that Boosie's a clown, but, you know, if you argue, if you see a clown, join the circus or get out the show. Well, Boosie <laughs> then wrote a whole book for Maddie and uh, a photo of Boosie's book for T.S. Maddie. Maddie then drugged Boosie one last time. Take a look. I'm not reading that. Jesus. I'm not. We leave it at that. I think I see Erica Mena in there, Stevie J. I don't know. Trans Maddie. This is a lot. Screenshot that, read it, and come back. Damn. Will the straights ever just accept the gays, and will the gays ever just be able to be gay in peace? No, because, I, I mean, well, I think yes. I think uh, broadly, yes. But I think in little pockets of the black community, no. Because this conversation is like arguing with a corpse. Because... <laughs> it's not it's not gonna solve anything because he, he's gonna continue to like allow his kids to get blowjobs when they're underage uh disrespect women sexually on tv uh promote you know the disrespect and abuse of women across the board and do that in front of his daughter but still say that gay people are the problem like i don't get it it doesn't make sense to me yeah I, look i i think we as a culture we understand you know people the republican has a republican party has a republican party and then you have the trump's and Trump panders directly to people who hate everybody, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So when you find, I mean, he's found his niche and he knows his people who will pop pussy for $1,000 and who <laughs> will go and give him a blowjob for $3,000. Who's paying $3,000 to? Anyway, bye, Boosie. Good luck, Maddie. Keep dragging him out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know transsexuals could be drag queens. Did you know that? Well, they, I mean, I don't. No, uh, uh, uh. You were about to say something really inappropriate. No, 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 no. Uh, -uh. Wasn't. no. Wasn't. Yes, you were. I know what I saw it. It almost slipped out and you caught yourself. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. What? What did you, you were about to say? Saying? They already are. I saw it. No, I was not. I, Rob, no, I was Rob, <laughs> roll the tape no, back. You, you, you said, yeah, they uh, and you, no, I that was, was going to say the there fast... was one on RuPaul's Drag Race, even though I don't watch that show. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. So, do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race? No, but I, I know either. that there was a transsexual. Listen, drag queen I don't show. hate drag queens. I just they terrify me. <laughs> but I have drag queen fans. Like when we go to Palace in Miami, they're really fans of us, and we have a great time. Um, but I can tolerate them, and I can accept them. I don't feel like you know. You know, I don't feel like they're that thing at a haunted house that jumps out at you when you're not expecting it. You know what? <gasps> That's not even a bit. Wait, take that off the screen right now. Oh my God. Johnny, you're going straight to the depths Johnny. of hell for okay, that. Listen, this show, well, this isn't Cappuccino, right? That's not even a bad one. Wait, we're not Googling bad pictures of anybody, but here's the deal. Um, I remember, what did we say we were, he was doing at Starbucks? Reading his little book. No, but what With I his say? legs crossed. You say he was dusty or something. I don't know. I don't know. I did not. <laughs> Yo, they do need to bring Pose back. I won't lie. I love Pose. You didn't love Pose? I thought some of the acting was in, but it was good. Really? It was a good show overall. Yeah. But I think it was it was only that because they were trying to be authentic and hire real trans women who- They should have hired Cher. But a few could. We're great. Cher would have been a good house mother. Mother. Uh, <laughs> Cher's great. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> enough. Okay, let's move on. Well, back to my uh, New Year's Eve night. I spent the New Year's Eve with Cardi B. Now, Cardi B, as you all know, she performed at Fountain Blue Hotel in Miami. Um, 
uh, for New Year's Eve, and it was an amazing uh, um, performance. Now, Cardi was really sick leading up to that performance. She had talked about it on social media, but every time I called her, she was getting an IV or things were going on with it, but she wasn't really feeling well. Well, anyway, Cardi B had one hell of a holiday season. Now, just before Christmas, she revealed that she and her husband, Offset, had split up and that she was moving on without him. Then we saw her go over to X, formerly Twitter, and drag him for filth. Now, here's a photo of Cardi blasting her man on X. Offset, you a bitch-ass nigga, and trust me, I'm finna... Take it there. Oh, I'm going to fucking take it there. Then she says, motherfuckers will try you when you're at your lowest and your most vulnerable time. You out here feeling yourself, but trust me, the tables turn. Now, mind you, that happened a while ago. And the reason why I'm even recapping this is I didn't speak on it. And everybody knows that when I take a break, I go back to the biggest moment. So I have to talk about it because everybody's been asking me to weigh in on it. Now, we then saw her break down in tears cursing at him on Instagram Live. And this was very heartbreaking because as much as I know Cardi to have gone through some of the wildest stuff since she's been a star, she's been able to take it all on the chin. This was the first time I ever seen her publicly react like this. And a lot of us for the first time saw Cardi react like this. And this is uh, what she said. Internet shit. I really, really don't like doing the internet shit. You to stop calling me. Cause you will fucking talk to a nigga and a motherfucker will play in your fucking face in your fucking face over and over and over and over and over again and she'll be like watch watch what i'm about to do watch what i'm about to say and it's so fucking sad that a nigga like to yo this motherfucker really likes to play games with me when i'm at my most vulnerable time when i when i'm not the most confident they like he likes to play games with me because he knows i'm not an easy girl he, he knows Yesterday, I could have been out, I could have been chilling, I could have been this and that. He knows I'm in my house, he knows that I'm chilling, he knows I'm not doing the most, and I've really been sparing you. I've really been sparing you. You've been fucking feeling yourself, you bitch-ass nigga, because of your bitch-ass album and shit, and you've really been fucking doing me dirty after so many fucking years. He hoped your ass. Not even a fucking thank you that I got for your bitch ass. And it's so crazy that I got to go to the fucking internet, because whenever fuck I tell you something you don't take shit seriously and I'm so tired of it I'm so fucking tired of this bitch ass nigga that was emotional um you saw that mm -hmm. life? what'd you think <sighs> man I just I like I love Cardi but like I don't know people in relationships that are like not healthy and they continue to stay on them. It just hurts because it's like I want to like she's mm -hmm. so talented and like we haven't got music. She's so talented. She's so beautiful. Like I just want her to win in every way. And I don't know. This is just Sad. I don't know. I hate it. Especially I know there's kids involved like who'll probably grow up to watch that. But like hearing her break down on live. But that's why I feel like we love Cardi because like she shows the good, the bad, the ugly. But this I feel like we all felt for her. And then so yeah, just to see that, like, I feel like we all felt for her, everyone. So. Well, things quickly turned left when fans claimed that Cardi took Offset back 12 days after revealing that they had split. Now, they said the couple not only reunited for Christmas with their kids, but also said that they were spotted at a Travis Scott concert. Now, I didn't see that. If you have the receipts, I'm sure you did. Well, here's a couple. Uh, here's the couple on Christmas Day with the kids, which makes sense whether you're split up or not. If you're coming together for your children, kids don't know what's going on. But take a look at the video. Baby man, I 
Who was that? Yeah. Your daddy got to that. You like them? Powerpuff girls. Yeah. Whip it. Yeah. Yeah. Look right here, right here. Yeah. Now, after fans started calling out Cardi for popping out with Offset, she had a lot to say about that, and she went nuclear, denying that she took it back. And she even called her fan base, quote, the worst and slow for no reason. Take a look. Did I say on my mouth I was back with somebody? Hmm? Did I say that on my motherfucking mouth? So why the fuck is y'all talking shit for? Why the fuck is y'all talking shit? Fuck out of here. Leave me the fuck alone. I didn't even say nothing. Why the fuck y'all keep bothering me for? Huh? Did I confirm anything? Shut the fuck up. About to delete my whole fucking social media because y'all don't shut the fuck up. And it's the same fucking dumb, my own fucking fan base. The last time I got dragged was because my fucking fan base. I don't see nobody talking shit but my own fucking fan base. But y'all want to send me a fucking book just to talk shit on the fucking timeline. Did I confirm all this with a man? No. So why the fuck y'all keep talking? Leave me the fuck alone. The fuck? Shut the fuck up. Stupid ass motherfuckers. I'm about to fucking unfollow all of y'all because that's all I see. Y'all fucking shit on my timeline. I'm, I'm searching my name. I'm trying to see anybody else talking shit. Nobody is talking shit but y'all. So shut the fuck up. All over my shit. Shut up. Y'all heard something out of my mouth? Did y'all heard that I'm back with a nigga out of my mouth? No. Shit is fucking annoying. For fucking three days, y'all been doing the same shit. I, did I did I say I'm, did I say I, I was back together with somebody? Did I say that? Did I heard that? Did I say it? Did he said it? No. Cardi crashed out. Period. And I called Cardi, and I'm gonna just be very transparent. I called Cardi as a friend and said, "Get off the internet." And she did. She said, "I know, I know." You know, she was dealing with a lot. This person has 180 million fans engaging in conversation. I'll go back to what I said about DDG. You all got famous and you pulled people into your world being relatable. And now people want to relate to what the hell is going on when it doesn't make sense to them. And so I don't have any empathy for that. But I do have empathy for the fact that Cardi has not had a chance to entertain. I mean, I'm not entertain. Enjoy any part of her success. Privately, every child has been engulfed in drama. Outside, it had nothing to do with her marriage, just other things, as you all know. And I'm not going to tell you because you already know I ain't going there. Two thousand brand new year. We, but to crash out publicly and attack your fans is crazy. And at the time, I will say to her point, she wasn't back with Offset. She was trying to have a Christmas with their kids. You don't want your kids to know what's going on until you know definitively it's over. Over. She was never divorced. They had you know taken a break or whatever. Well. A couple of days later, they were together because we were all together. 
And this is where I'm a little annoyed because I didn't know that they were together. And I'll be honest with you. Had I known that they were reconciling for that night, I probably would not have gone because I don't want to be in the middle of whatever they have. I am Cardi B's friend. I know Offset. I've always liked Offset, but then we all unfollowed each other and there became all this tension between him and Hollywood Unlocked and me and him for personal reasons that he and I had dealt with as men in private. That had nothing to do with Cardi. We had our own thing. It had nothing to do with his beef with anybody. It just, me and him had a thing. And what I will say, I think it's typically because celebrities who know me believe they should have a certain relationship with Hollywood Unlocked. Hollywood Unlocked does not like every celebrity, does not care about every celebrity. Objectively, they do their job writing whatever they write, but they may not want to follow everything a person does. And some people, a lot of people, don't ever feel like they get enough love from Hollywood Unlocked. It has nothing to do with me. But when celebrities can't separate me and them, then we end up separating as friends because it's just, quite frankly, something I'm not going to defend. Okay, And so me and Offset, you know, had I known that they were all going to be there, I wouldn't have gone. Now, I will say the benefit of going without getting in all the details, and Rob was there for the circus that we had to go through, me and Offset did have words at the party. But thankfully, they were words that, although it was very... interesting to get through because it was a lot how would you describe it a lot it was aggressive it was a lot although we were very passionate about what we believed we were able to walk away in a better space because we finally said what needed to be said to each other and and one of the things i've always wanted to do was have a conversation with offset in front of the cameras because i want people to understand that he's had a lot of personal growth as an individual that nobody even knows about and he hasn't talked about. So maybe one day we will talk about that. But also he has a lot of personal uh, demons that have caused a lot of what we see play out online with him and Cardi. And you can't beg for public consumption to go away because you've invited us in your life. You all benefit from the public, right? Well, they brought in the New Year's together uh, in, 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 in Miami. But let me just kind of clear a couple things up. They already had Miami set up months ago for New Year's when they were together. Mm -hmm. She was going to perform uh, for Fountain Blue with uh, Ryan Seacrest and the whole bringing in the New Year's Eve on TV. And he was hosting Live Nightclub, which is in the same hotel, but in two separate places. They were already going to be there. So uh, he came to her show and, sh and she performed. He did not walk out with her. He came out be uh, before she did. And then she came out and performed. Then he left and went to the club. And then she came and joined later. Now, she did come to the club. And when she was at the club at first, she came to my table and then she ended up going to his table. When she went to his table, he was not at his table. He was on the stage. So I never saw them together that night. Till they went to the strip club. Take a look. Now, this is them acting like that rant didn't happen and all the other stuff didn't happen. And fans were then left confused on what was happening. Now, when you saw this and they reconciled, what did you say? What were your thoughts? Because I could tell you what my thoughts were. My thoughts were, I'm no longer invested in that relationship. I'm your friend, but I ain't getting that. I ain't going to talk about it no more. I ain't going to call about it no more. I ain't going to check about it no more. I don't want to hear about it no more. Because that was a lot, even for friends. Because you want your friend to be in a better place. 
And you don't want to get in the middle of the relationship because this can happen. So I never got in her relationship to tell her what she should do because I don't believe that's my place. But I'm always going to be there as a friend. But I can't be there like this if you're just going to go back and be in. Because I don't, I don't know how to make sense of all that. What did you all think seeing it? Same. I want to leave the group chat. It kind of gave me the same vibe. Of what I'm like, you gonna say it, but it needs to be said. I know, and this is. Go ahead. I didn't say y'all are thinking it. I'm gonna say it. It gave me blue circus. (laughs) Sorry, Krishan. Want to cry ten times? Well, the tenth time, no one's gonna care. This is what it's giving me. That's it. I think the the people need to look at this the same way they would look at a circumstance with, with their own friends. Like your friend mm-hmm. keeps coming to you and complaining about their boyfriend or complaining about their husband. You get to a point where you're like, I'm sick of this motherfucker too. So this is elevated because your friend is a huge celebrity and her husband is also a celebrity. So it's a, it's a dynamic that people are looking at differently. But if it was... Your, your friends on the block and they kept bringing their bullshit relationship to you, you're going to at some point want to protect your friend. And then when they keep going back and back and back, you just have to back away and be like, I got to step back because I'm going to start catching the stray bullets if I keep involving myself. And that's, that's the situation you're in. That's exactly what it is. But what I will say is to Offset's credit, he's not beating her. He's not hurting her. You know, like my sister's husband was beating her and that was different. We had to get involved, right? He's not beating her. You know, they may have an emotionally disruptive relationship that may be toxic, but they're also super rich and have a lot. They have a whole different lifestyle, a whole different thing going on. Now, I will say when I talked to her as a friend, I asked her, are you sure? She said, yeah. That's the only reason why I went to Brown. I wouldn't have went there. I I don't involve myself in other people's relationships in a real way unless I'm a friend and I have to interview. Or You know what I mean? So, and Offset is a good father. He's a flawed man. As most of us are, as all of you are. But, you know, he, he, they have their thing. But it's starting to give Bobby and Whitney to me. And I was around the Bobby Whitney and the Krishan and Blue Faces. Side note Blue Face said that Offset slept with Krishan. <sighs> then Blue Face said that Offset sent guys to get him. So he tapped. Offset on the shoulder, which was basically threatened him. And then threw Cardi's business out there, which even made it even worse. And there's so much behind the scenes chatter that Krishan slept with Offset that I don't know how we got back to the strip club. But Cardi decided that she was going to clear the air, admitting that not only did they work on their marriage, but that they even smashed and had sex that night. This is what Cardi said. Let me make this a little bit clear to you guys, because you guys are making your assumptions, and I just want y'all to hear from the horse's mouth. Was I clubbing with my baby father yesterday? Yes. Did I got dick down yesterday? Absolutely, baby. I'm not going to put my... Ro- y'all can use your rose on New Year's Eve. I need some dick for New Year's Eve. I feel like we was vibing yesterday. We had a good time. We was henny down. We was both in the same club. And it's like, it was just really awkward. Like, I'm in my section. He's in his section. It's like, man, just fucking come over here. Like, let's just chill. We're having a good time. Um, But I feel at the point of 
where we at in our relationship. We've been together for seven years. We've been married for seven years. The answer, I don't consider that we're back together because the answer of getting back together is not a good night at the club and fucking the night long. We need to work on our shit. We need to work on our communication. There's things that he got to work on. There's things that I got to work on. And I feel like until we don't work, we don't work, um, until we work that out, I don't feel like we're back together. Um, I feel like we love each other. I, 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 I love Offset and he loves me, but you know, we've been together for such a long time. Um, and we've been, my bad guys, I'm fucking, <laughs> I want to cough, but I don't want to like, that's kind of gross coughing on my phone. Like we've been together for a long time. And, um, just like the Summer Walker song, like, sometimes we don't want to, th- we don't want to throw it away, but I just feel like, you know, a night at the club, vibing, chilling, drinking, that's when, when, when we have such a, that doesn't solve the issues. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't solve the issues. It's a fun night. Then guess what? The next day we arguing. The next day I'm blocking. Then next thing you know, we ain't talking for four days. I don't, I don't want to keep, I don't want to keep that cycle going because we've been together for such a long time. We don't want to keep that cycle going. So I feel like we're at a point right now that it's like, do we talk? Yes. Are, are we, are we a home? No, we're not a home because we're not together. We're working on each other. Sometimes we need, we never gave each other space. That's the thing. We, I, we have never, no matter how much we break up, make up, we have never given each other space. And I feel like we're in a point in a relationship that we're testing the the space. Um, we never did therapy. All right, we just did two therapy sections. So that's another thing that we're doing. And that's why I'm saying we're not together. And so we work out our issues, work out our issues. We're not going to be together. If it goes well, then we will be back together. If it doesn't go well, then it doesn't go well. But I always want to keep a healthy relationship. Um, we we want to keep a healthy relationship. I mean, this is why people are in your relationship, because you invite them in. Why would you sit on line to 180 million people and have such an intimate conversation? It is the thing we love her for, mm-hmm. but it's also the thing that you hate about us, that we're so involved. Now, I wasn't going to tell people that you share with me that you went to therapy, but they went to therapy together. But let me tell you what I told her. You need to go to therapy by yourself. You got what I learned a long time ago, Cardi, and I'll tell everybody out there, regardless if you're in a toxic relationship or not, self-love is the best healing remedy to everything. Fall in love with yourself, not in a cocky, arrogant, I'm the shit way. You should do that too and get that next album out. Because it's been so long that people at this point, they are over you. They are over you. You're still Cardi B, but it's so many girls fighting to get up there and they're putting in the work. Not a, not some of them. I ain't gonna say no names because down, you know. Glorilla, you you better hurry up. Better get something out there. Because some of y'all going to have a problem. Because music changes. The culture is changing. The world is changing. News is changing. We forget about some of y'all. We're never going to forget about you, Cardi, because you're a superstar. But at some point, you got to be accountable to the reason that you're famous. And that's that you're a musician. And you need to get the music done. People are tired of waiting. They're tired of the excuses. They're tired of hearing you on other people's albums. They're tired of hearing this, that, whatever. They're tired of hearing the singles. Drop a fucking album.
And if you can't, and Offset can't get it together, drop him or him drop you. Because both of you deserve to be happy and your kids deserve to see both of their parents happy. Now, I know that Cardi, you know, she hasn't had a relationship since she's been famous other than this man. Mm -hmm. Who is a good father and who is the father of her two beautiful children. She ain't trying to be out here, baby mama pushing her kids around in you know, Lamborghini baby carts or whatever those kids those kids are so rich they don't need shit <laughs> they're the cutest kids too by the way but we still need to know if you slept with Krishan mm. Blueface is coming in today mm. job. I just got a job to do at this point my, my show is available to Krishan Blueface Offset Cardi Jesus. <laughs> Anything else on this? Are you guys good? We're good. good. We love you, Cardi. And we love you, Offset. Mm -hmm. Even if you're mad at what we had to say. But, you know, Cardi knows I have a job to do, so it is what it is. Cookie? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, let me tell you, baby, this is the one that y'all have been waiting for. Cat Williams burnt down the internet. Cat Williams burnt down Beyonce's internet. Okay. I could tell you, I don't know where Cat Williams has been. I didn't even know that Cat was following Hollywood Unlocked until I went to go look at his account. He was following us. So I have followed you back. And I have seen all of the comments online of you guys saying that you want Cat Williams to come on the Jason Lee show. Cat, this is an open invitation. Anytime, only one place. Any day of the week, any hour of the day, anything that you want, you are more than welcome to come over here on the Jason Lee Show. Baby, when I tell you, Jeffrey Epstein's list had the internet burning down, but not more than this one. Cat Williams has matched the burn down on the internet because he finished the job off right with this explosive interview with Shannon Sharp. I have to give Shannon Sharp a round of applause because Shannon... I have been, I'm I'm not a fan of football. I don't know what how many home runs the football players get. I don't know anything about that. What I do know is that I didn't like how they did you on that show with Skip and you left and you launched your own show, the Shay Shay Club Shay Shay Club Shay Shay. And you're actually really good. You're you're really good and you're so warm and inviting and you make people feel comfortable and safe. To be able to do what you do. And I'm so happy to see your, all of your success. And I'm a fan. But baby, you weren't ready for a Cat Williams interview. You were ready for the money. Because I even watched your show from beginning to end. From Abby, top to bottom. I watched it all, <laughs> Shannon. And what I know for sure is all them ads you got, because you did what I hate, what people do. You put an ad every 15 minutes, mm -hmm. which means you got lots of money. And he did in-show reads, which means you got the bag on top of your liquor sitting there. <laughs> and you didn't give Cat Williams none of that money. Because after 42 million views, that's about a million something dollars in revenue. Yes, that's a million dollars in ad revenue from one interview. <laughs> that you own so if anybody's been running it online i'm sure if you're smart you've been licensing it too and that could be up to ten thousand dollars every 30 seconds so the money is just i mean listen you owe cat williams but i have to get into this interview cat told shannon that he never does interviews but after seeing a couple of his fellow comedians come on the show with a bunch of lies and fire them off to him that he had to come and clear the air 
44 million views later after how many days? Eight. Eight days and over a million dollars earned. He had to clear the air. He went after everybody from Kevin Hart, Steve Harvey, Cedric the Entertainer, Ricky Smiley, Chris Tucker, Michael Blackson, Faison Love, and many, 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 many more. The interview was riveting from beginning to end. All Shannon Sharp said was hello and... <laughs> hold on. All he said was hello. Where's it at? <laughs> that was Kevin. Uh, that was uh, Cat Williams. And then this was Shay Shay. <laughs> Straight to the bank. Now, why Cat, while Cat claimed that Chris Tucker was on Epstein's list, he claimed Michael Blackson needs to get booed more for being a real African doing a fake accent. Well, this is what Cat uh, had to say about Michael. Most comedians don't get booed enough. I mean, this is how you end up with a Michael Blackson who's a real African doing a fake African accent. Okay, mo, don't... This guy is mad at me. All I did was give him the best advice of his life. Remember, he was wearing dirty dashikis. And I told him he needed to dress to be in the position that he's trying to say that he's in. And if you're the African king of comedy, sir, there's actually comedians in Africa doing comedy. If you're going to say that, you got to go to Africa and get a school, dude. Everybody got you. You got to put in some work. And these guys, they take my advice. They change their whole persona. And. And then they hate me for it. And generally, I'm just too big to comment or make a statement about it or do a live or any of that. But when it gets to be a whole grouping of these guys, I got to come and talk to Shannon. <laughs> I got to lay it down at the altar. You know every comedian. This, this is the other side of Kirk Franklin prank. <laughs> This is the reckoning. 2024. The reckoning. You, you watch that. You know every comedian that's been on my show. You know you watched every episode. Cause no, you know, that's not what you said. You said I know every comedian. You know every comedian. You're limiting me. Oh, you watched every episode. Because you 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 know things. You know things. That's always where I'm trying to come from, whether it's comedic or otherwise. Tyler Perry even took a stray bullet watching this interview. Everybody, every time anybody's name was said, anything Cat Williams knew about them, whether it was real or alleged, Allegedly. came out of his mouth. And most people will say, oh, I know Jason loved this interview. And I did. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. Because if we had more interviews like this, mm -hmm. I would be less shocking to you. Mm -hmm. Because people need to say what they get it off your chest. Cat Williams got it off his chest. He talked about the time that he was trolled by the uh, radio host, the woman that he. Wanda. Look, let me get into it. Yeah, your boss's girl. Your ex boss's girl. By the way, Steve Harvey caught a lot of strays too. He said that Mr. Harvey wore a man wig. <laughs> Michael Blackson responded to Cat Williams' uh, <laughs> audio that you just saw. And this is what he said Cat Williams is a very smart midget nigga. He took shots at the top 10 comedians alive today so we can all respond and make him relevant again. I can't believe this lying, dehydrated leprechaun said he told me to build a school. Laughing my ass off. I only built a free school so the kids can whip your ass for free, mother sucker. <laughs> well, speaking on Kevin Hart, not Kevin. Cat said that the roles he had moral... 
Cat said the roles he had morals is moral issues with, Kevin hopped on without hesitation. Here's what he said. And told you he wasn't going to wear no dress until they offered him the dress, and then he put it on. And what did he say after he wore it? I made my own decision. Duh. But you didn't make it before they brought it up, did you? It's okay. It's all right. For a five-year period, every single movie that Kevin Hart did was a movie that had been on my desk that all I had said was just can we take some of this step and fetch it shit out and then I can do it like it don't need to be overtly homosexual because I'm not homosexual right it doesn't need that right. to be funny right mm -hmm. and, and and me saying that and them going oh yeah no problem and then going to give it to this other guy and having him do it just like it was and acting like I'm a bad person because I keep standing on my standard. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting, but I, I wouldn't change it for the world. He already had his deals when he got here. Have we heard of a comedian that came to L.A. and in his first year in L.A. he had his own sitcom on network television and had his own movie called Soul Plane that he was leading? No, we've never heard of that before that person or since that person. What do you think a plant is? Maybe people don't understand the definitions of these words because they tell you that there's no gatekeepers but we keep seeing the same people open the gate. Didn't Kevin open the gate and let Tiffany in? Ain't he now opening it up for, don't such and such open the gate for, what do you mean ain't no gatekeepers? There's a hundred gates out here. Well, you I, I, everyone I've seen got a keeper. I know some things I should know and they all know it. They all know it. Why? Because you don't make me the villain. Not the guy that raises black children and ain't never done a hard drug in his life and don't have no stories of doing nobody dirty. And, and they'll just go out and they'll lie. The, the industry doesn't mess with Cat because he didn't show up for the studio. No studios have ever said that. Look at my IMDb. It will show you that no studio has ever lost money with me on the script. Kevin Hart done went 25 years without ever being in the same building with me at the same time. What, so what, if what? I go in the building, he walk out. You've never seen us in the same building ever in 25 years. Like, it's like that. <laughs> Why? Why? Yes. Because what? I'm really the product. It's not what you think. I am never under the influence of anything. I'm always in my right mind. I'm always a physical specimen. And when you see me, I'm much bigger than you had thought. I hate to seem like a petty individual for picking apart lies, but Jesse Smollett gonna keep lying until you say we don't believe you. Like it's important in the checks and balances of the universe that liars not get to make complete narratives for themselves. Why Jesse Smollett <laughs> had to catch a, a straight? Jesse can't, oh, he God. just can't move on. So, okay, before we get into the rest, what do y'all think is so far? Let me tell you something. I believe every word that Cat Williams says, and we need to protect him at all costs. <laughs> Even about Steve Harvey's man wig? I don't know nothing about that that I could say on camera, but I know things. <laughs> But I thought this was like common knowledge also. That he had a man wig. No, I thought he had a crispy hair lineup. Did you ever have to wash his wig when you worked for him? <laughs> he I was bald it. by that time. Okay, so this was pre-you. <laughs> Pre-me. Do you see how he talked about the men with the light-skinned wives with the faces? With the weird faces. Was he talking about Marjorie too? 
Yeah. I, okay. You drug ludicrous into it. Kevin responded to what you had to say. This is what Kevin said. Gotta get that anger up out your champ. It's honestly sad. In the meantime, please enjoy my movie trailer to my next film, <laughs> Lift, which will be dropping on Netflix in eight days. There is a moment in the trailer where Gum Gum <laughs> Bathara says, they really love you. I know she's talking about Cat. Mark your calendars, world. This one is special. <laughs> Our girl Tiffany Haddish, friend of the show, also responded to Kat's comments on her and Kevin and said this. I am not mad. I just wish he would get his facts right about me. Dang, I guess I will send him a reminder text. But are we sure this is Cat Williams? He looks a lot like Charleston White. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Cat went on to drag Poe, Ricky, Smiley, Medea, Tyler Perry to fulfill. And this is what he said about poor Ricky. You let Ricky Smiley sit here and you said out that mouth, you stole Friday after next, the one I was in. <laughs> I wish all, all of America fumbled a bit when that happened. And, and then he said some stuff that we haven't heard in 100 years in Hollywood. You ain't say nothing. This man told you he had Cat Williams' role. He was gonna be Money Mike, and Cat Williams was gonna be was gonna be the Santa Claus. Now let's three quick points. You mean in Hollywood they cast a five foot five black Santa Claus that weigh 145 pounds? That's your story. Your story is the Ricky Smiley that couldn't even do curse words because he had a Christian fan base. He was going to play the pimp. Why you didn't ask him why has he played a woman in more movies than he's played a man? Well, I didn't know he... Ricky Smiley can't act because Ricky Smiley can't act. He told you the story about when the movie came out. Where did he say he watched it? At home. He wasn't even at the premiere. You telling this man, you stole that. Oh, so he could get his name in the same sentence. What a great one. It is sad. He was just that bitter when we were shooting it. He told everybody, it should have been my role. Everybody on the scene. Why do you think no cast member has ever said anything? He couldn't have played that role like you. I thought he, he Sir, was... So Ricky, Ricky Smiley knows this. We auditioned in Los Angeles. Yes. I was audition number 201. 200 black, black comedians auditioned for the role of Money Mike with me. You're saying all 201 of us was auditioning and you had already had the role and had already shot the role in four days? The truth of the matter is, the Money Mike in the original script got raped in the bathroom and that's what Ricky Smiley was okay with. Cat Williams had to take the risk in front of the studios and the cast and our powers that be in his very first movie and say respectfully, humbly, guys, if we're talking about anything else, I have no credibility and I have no pull. But we're talking about comedy right. where I have all the credibility and all the pull. The problem with Friday After Next is we're trying to make a classic comedy and this comedy involves a rape. And rape is never funny, no matter who it happens to. Now, he threw so much shade at Ricky. He even threw shade at Jamie Foxx. I'm loving it, though. <laughs> 
What do you guys think of so far? It's just messy boots, but it did what it was supposed to do. It burned the internet down. But is it messy though when somebody's lying and saying, you know, like earlier when I was talking about Taraji crying about not being paid her value and her worth, but yet, you know, I was as invisible as she was to some of those people. I don't know. He's throwing a lot of straight. A lot of people are catching bullets who didn't say anything or do anything. They but just is catching he, the bullets. But is that being messy when he, they came on the shows throwing bullets at him? Now he he's a person that doesn't do social media, doesn't do a lot of interviews. Now he's doing the interview, t- setting the record straight. I don't see a problem with that. And she used to work for Steve Harvey. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know. Ice Cube, who never speaks out really about issues that don't have anything to do with him, he spoke out about uh, the whole casting that Cat brought up in his interview, and this is what Ice Cube had to say. You know, we shot that movie over 20 years ago, so, you know, people have different perspectives, and it's been a long time. Every comedian that I've worked with, every comedian that I've put in a movie, I only put them in the movie because I thought they was funny. I thought they was perfect for the part. Um, I tried to put them in a position to win. Um, that's what it's all about, you know. Cat was 100 on on a few things, uh, most of what he was saying. Uh, a couple things, you know, um, I just want to clarify. Bring in a new, you know, comedian. Um, we do have them try out for different roles. So Ricky did um, give Money Mike a shot. Um, But when we saw him and, you know, we kind of saw how he moved and how he was, you know, um, auditioning, we decided that he would be a better, uh, you know, Santa Claus, uh, which was, to me, the perfect casting. When we saw Mike, I mean, uh, (laughs) damn, I call him Money Mike. When we saw Cat, you know, when I saw him, I just knew that he was perfect for Money Mike. Cat, you know, said he wrote his role, which, I mean, the role was written, but he enhanced it. This is why Cat um, was so dope in the movie. You know, Money Mike had a small role, you know, about as big as the Santa Claus role. But when we start filming, he was giving us such magic that... We kept expanding his role and giving him more to do because he was on point. I would never shoot a rape scene uh, in a movie, especially like Friday, um, where you actually see this happening on camera. That ain't my style. If you check out any of my movies, they're not raunchy. Um, you know, we did a movie called Players Club where the subject matter was a little raunchy, but but for the most part, um, even that, we we left it to your imagination. So the only reason that kind of stuff is in the movie is because you have three villains in Friday After Next. You have Santa Claus, still in presence. You have Damon, just got out of prison, uh, sweating, Craig and Daddy for the rent money. And then you have Money Mike, you know, a pimp that treats his woman, uh, you know, like a property. So Craig is always fighting the villains in the movie, you know, from the Joker Brothers, the Debo. And so 
we always we already had Craig fighting Santa Claus, and the only real way to get rid of the other two villains was to have them go against each other. And the the plier joke was always in the script. You know, it was never. Um, we would never ever show that. You know, that's not my style. If you look at any of my movies, um, so you know that was never a. a discussion you know you know at that point in everybody's career you know we we would listen to a certain extent but we wasn't gonna change the movie for for any actor you know we we do what we feel cat accused cedric the entertainer of stealing the joke even said that steve harvey had jacked some jokes and poor mark curry got drugged into this if you missed that we got that for you here. Take a look. Why would you sit here and be like, I talked to, I saw Cat 30 times <laughs> and Cat didn't do, as I stand before you, Shannon, I would have bust Cedric's stomach. <laughs> there was nothing that would have kept me from one of these in, in that patch right there. Like, are you kidding me? Why would you downplay me like that? Why did I give you a pass if you were just gonna lie? And so that's what I'm saying. Like, they're all a group. Cedric, Steve, Ricky, they've been a group. Everybody knows that. They've been aligned. And, and there are these alliances in comedy. And if you stand against them, then they sometimes have a problem. But... We don't let that change the content because that's all you know me for is that I'm quite likely to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Listen, I am recapping what all of us have already seen. I live for it. I personally think that Cat Williams is doing the Lord's work because if you're going to say things about certain individuals, you got to be prepared to then respond. Now, let's be clear about one fact. Nobody has shown any proof that he's lying. That's the scary part. What? That's what, No, because like the fact that like ludicrous and everyone's been responding, everyone's like, why is everyone in a frenzy to respond? Hmm. It was low that he talked about their wives, though. I mean, you could have left the wives out of it. Hmm. You don't think that was wrong? I love Kat even more now. <laughs> Cedric responded to what Kat said. Take a look. Revisionist history, regardless of whatever Cat's opinion, my career can't be reduced to one joke. Cat Williams claims is his. I've been over, in, I've been in over forty movies. My specials and brand speaks for volumes. For I am, speaks volumes for I am. The people I have put on, including Cat in the Hat at the Gibson Amphitheater, and all that tough talk is corny as fuck. I'm a grown ass man, and none of that shit gonna go like you think. You do you, and I got this one over here. You didn't say you didn't steal the joke, though, Seti. So that's the thing that I'm, I'm just confused about because you, this is where you pull out your receipts and you lay down the law that you're, you've been improperly accused. But you did it, which means there might be some truth. By the way, all of you are invited to come on the show. Just <laughs> Have you ever met Kat? Of course. I live for Of course. Him. Now, Kat also took shots at Ludacris, as she said, and this is what he said about... Luda and his wife. So there was a crossroads where we were both invited to an Illuminati thing, and it had to be one or the other of us, and decisions had to be made. So it was both of us, we were equal. One of us had to cut off all their hair, 
and couldn't do the sideburn thing no more with the points. And the next person they said was going to get $200 million because they were going to pay him $10 million a movie to do 20 movies. And that's how the conversation happened. One of those persons turned out to be ludicrous, and the other person turned out to be Cat Williams. Now, one person ended up with a light-skinned, ugly-faced wife that's never done a... Remember I told you that if I say that, it applied to seven people? Yes. It's part of what they give you. Okay? I didn't get it. First of all, Ludacris's wife is pretty. And Marjorie Harvey is pretty. And Nico, all of them, everyone he was talking about. Oh. And Nico's pretty too. Mm -hmm. Does Cedric have a light skinned wife? So that, wow. Is there, is that a thing? They did a montage. <laughs> Listen, um, I think the wife should have been left out of it, but. I will say there is something to be said that when you come for somebody and you lie, you play in their good name. Everything is off. Everything is on the table. You know, uh, I tend to leave leave kids off the table and and you know outing people. But you know, maybe in 2024, outing people is not such a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ludacris uh, did not like what he had to say, and he was too fast and too furious to clap back with a rap. Look. This is what he said. I want to actually play the rap. But then again, we might get in trouble for that. But you can take a look at it. I don't know. Look, either way, um, that was just a lot of back and forth. And a lot of people were upset about it. And some could say Cat's a hater. Some could say that it was creative. I will say Shay Shay won out of everybody. Well, somebody else who won was Kevin Hart's ex, who's a friend of mine and a friend to Hollywood Unlock, Tori Hart. She revealed that she's going on tour. with Cat Williams. Here's a photo. She looks good. That is petty though. Look at the caption. Come see me on tour with my uh, with my good friend Cat Williams. Well, it's kind of shady, but then again, Tori for a long time said that Kevin left her for Nico, which you know, she said that on my podcast before. And uh, but what we know that they have a decent relationship. And she has to be a working woman because she's not being taken care of. I don't I don't know that she's not being taken care of. I'll say allegedly by Kevin. Allegedly. I haven't talked to Tori about her business in a long time. And, Kat ha and uh, Kevin hasn't been here in a while. But Kevin responded to TMZ when he got caught in the streets. And this is what he said about it. He told TMZ, quote, I want everybody to win. I hope the tour goes great. So give him a round of applause for... I live for the interview. I live for anybody who gets it off. It's highly entertaining. I'm not a, I don't have a, a truth detecting test to say, a, a lie detector test to say whether or not they were right or wrong or lies or not. It was highly entertaining. 44 million views in little over a week. Groundbreaking numbers. Shannon, your next interview won't do that. Won't do <laughs> half of that. But it, it's the up and down. Who cares? Right? But I think it did what it needed to do. He literally had everybody talking on every platform, every celebrity he mentioned. Uh, if you talked about Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson rose from the dead to respond. <laughs> everybody talked about it. It did what it needed to do. And I'm just, 
I'm excited for you, Shay Shay, and I can't wait for mine. I don't know which interview of mine it's going to be, but I, Kat, you're more than welcome to pull up. Kevin, you too. That is all. All right, well, now it's time for thoughts and prayers. Two thousand twenty-four just started, and y'all and the January box on our bingo cards keep getting replaced every single day. What happened to us all having a fresh start this year, leaving all the dead weight and drama behind in two thousand twenty-three? You know, like our girl Cardi said she was gonna do. We love you, Cardi, but you didn't do it. But seriously, we've started this year off with some crazy shit. From Jonathan Majors demanding to find his Coretta, which he now says is Megan Good, to Epstein's list and Cat Williams on the whole internet bomb. Burning the internet down, it's all too much for us just less than two weeks into the new year. But maybe Kat is right. 2024 will be the year of reckoning. All the lies will be trumped by the truths and everything in the dark will come to light. I mean, Hallie and DDG finally stood in their truth and confirmed our eyes weren't playing tricks on us. It was really them. If someone tells you to stay where you aren't appreciated, you need to do like Lil Boosie did in the color purple screen and get up out of there. Even though, Boosie, you did the most in that situation. Regardless of what the agenda he thought was being pushed, he's distorting the film's message about healings and uplifting our black women, which has ironically turned out to include the same black women cast in the film. Now, again, Kat was right. 2024 has already proven to be a year of reckoning from what's going on in Hollywood with our black women, the Epstein's list, and the upcoming election. Do not let this year get the best of you. Do all you can to take control and grab life by the reins. Enjoy the wild ride it may take you on on your terms. Happy 2024, y'all. Make this year your best year yet. And I'll see you at the polls. All right, this is a wrap for our show, the Jason Lee Podcast. Make sure that you tune in by following us on all social media and download the podcast and subscribe wherever it streams. Make sure you also tune into the Jason Lee Show. This past week, we have Evelyn Lozada on the show, and uh, she made me grab her breast. Take a look. I know. I mean, they feel great, right? All right. And then Blue uh, Face. Blue Face. He's on the show. We're filming it today. Pray for me. Till next time. Peace. The Jason Lee Podcast.